Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I am here, as always, with my co-hosts, Mike Valverde and Evan Hoovler. What we got on tap for you folks today is the Week 3 2020 preview. Um, this is coming out on Friday, so we will also talk about Thursday Night Football, and we have our first real mailbag. Uh, we asked for some questions from our Discord. Um, it's tiny.cc slash fbabsurdity if you want to get in on that. Um, but Mike, Evan, first of all, hello. How are you guys doing? But more importantly, first question before we get at the housekeeping and everything. We always say don't get cute Start starting, guys. When do you th- what does that mean? When are we getting too cute? Uh, Evan, you want to start? Yeah, in our Discord, uh, PE, a user named PE Teacher 68 was talking about needing to trade Stefan Diggs because of upcoming difficult matchups. That's too cute for me. You have a sample size of two and a sample size of zero against difficult matchups. Yeah, so uh, too cute for me. I have, um, I hope he doesn't hear this, my co host for my action movie podcast. We were texting yesterday. And I was like, why do you still have Matt Breida on your roster? While we were watching this Dolphins game where Matt Breida, you know, doesn't do much. It's clearly Miles Gaskin's show. And he's like, well, what if he gets traded? And then he'll be the number one running back somewhere else. I was like, like where? And he says Atlanta because Todd Gurley sucks is going to get hurt. I'm like, if you have to think two or three steps in the future for roster moves, you're probably getting too cute. Like I call those Rube Goldberg moves. Um, where you're just kind of like, what are you doing? And then for start sits, I made an image, okay? If you can imagine like a number line, like go back to, to second grade when you're doing number lines and you're learning negative numbers. And on there's a bar that starts at zero. This is an image that I made. Bar that starts at zero that goes up to sum. I didn't put actual numbers, sum. And then there's another bar that starts at sum and goes to lots. And those are the outcomes of a sleeper and a stud. And where those overlap, which is very small, I call it the zone of correctness. It's why one of the guiding principles is don't sit your studs, um, which we might have to define what a stud means at this point, because I don't think guys like Joe Mixon qualify anymore. But that's why we say don't sit your studs, because you have to be correct about the sleeper and correct about the stud. And that's that's going a little too far over your skis. Like somebody's like, should I start Jeff Wilson over Joe Mixon this week? Jeff Wilson may very well get more fancy points than Joe Mixon, but that's getting a little cute because you're you're you need to be right about Joe Mixon and you need to be right about Jeff Wilson for that to be correct. And that's that's too many moving parts. So I think that's getting a little bit too cute. Mike, what do you think about getting too cute? Yeah, I, I think you guys explained it pretty well. I, I think if you're going into dissecting and entering um, hype hypothesis and wondering if that hypothesis is going to work out then you're probably getting too cute it's it should be simple mathematics it should be i'm going to play you know um james robinson every week or i'm going to play uh you know alvin kamara every week if if you're wondering okay if i start alvin kamara over this guy and this guy has this matchup against this team who allows this many points but doesn't allow this many yards. You're 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 putting way too many hypothetical questions in there. You're you're guessing, and then pretty soon, as like you say, you're getting over your skis 
and disaster is going to occur because you're way overthinking the problem by inserting way too many hypothetical questions. There you go. So Ken Shamrock in the Discord, I hope that that uh, answered your question about what it means to get too cute with your start sets or your roster decisions. So let's go ahead. Let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Let's answer some more questions, get in Thursday night football, and then talk week three, boys. Does that sound good? Yes, sir. All right. So uh, very few things this week. FanDuel sponsorship. FanDuel.com slash football absurdity helps us out a lot. You get a 20% match. I'm sorry. I believe it's a yeah, 20% match up to $500 with a deposit, and that helps us out a lot. You can go ahead and join our Discord league that we have going through FanDuel. If you go to the Discord, which is, again, tiny.cc slash fbabsurdity, or click the link in the episode description, and um, you can sign up. It's, a, it's going great. Uh, a lot of great discussions, a lot of great folks in the uh, Discord. Um it's it's honestly a rocking place and a, a great discussion, great place to be for uh, for game game days too. Uh, a lot of excited people in there. Um, you can also go to four for four. We have a sponsorship with them. The promo code is Beer Sheets that gets you twenty five percent off your subscription. And then patreon.com slash football absurdity, you get the second half of this episode. So what we do in this episode is we ask questions about what we're going to be looking at this weekend. And then we find out the answers to those questions on Tuesday. And um, I help fill in the gaps for things we might have missed. Um, And I think that's it. Check out footballabsurdity.com for all of our week three advice. Uh, We put up, I believe it's uh, almost 15 articles a week about start sits, sleepers, um waiver wire ads who to cut which has been a big deal and then every monday we do what we call absurdity checks where we look at what happened on sunday and um we say okay so what who where are we overreacting to things like week one i said go get austin eckler everybody's overreacting to austin eckler go get austin eckler and then um last week it was like hey is mike davis really should he be the number one waiver priority with christian mccaffrey's injury just stuff like that sort of kind of giving you something to bounce your thoughts off of is the well, idea of the absurdity started checks. started by saying, is Mike Davis, should he? And I misheard that. And it was like, yes, but now we need to censor this podcast. <laughs> he's not going to be good this week, but he's he was a he went from, please don't use your waiver priority on him to my, spoiler alert, my sleepers for this week. I'm saying, go get Mike Davis. He's only owned in like 40% of leagues. Not wasting waiver priority on him and not going to pick him up for free are two completely different things. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to have a good week this week, but the week, but he has good matchups going forward. So, um, so yeah, there's just a little bit of what we have going. So guys, actually, I wanted to talk to you real quick. Um, I wrote down the, uh, top 25 picks, uh, by ADP. And, um, so there's zero RB and there's zero wide receiver. I'm proposing zero first two rounds. You just don't draft in the first two rounds. <laughs> You'll save a lot of heartbreak. How's that, how's, that, how's that sound to you guys? Yeah, well, you know what? I got a better idea. Don't draft any of the 15 rounds. Do an auction. Do an auction. Mike, what were you going to say? Um, I was going to say, if you trade your first two rounds, you should probably get a truckload of uh, trades as far as rounds three through eight. So you might be able to build a pretty good team. Yeah, because here, let me run down really quick. These are the first top, the first 25 picks by 4 for 4 ADP. Christian McCaffrey, 4 to to 6 weeks with an ankle injury. Saquon Barkley, IR with the ACL. We'll skip Zeke, we'll skip Kamara. Michael Thomas, probably not playing this week, missed last week. 
Pick eight, Devontae Adams, probably not playing this week. Pick 10, Joe Mixon. People are losing their minds over rostering Joe Mixon. Pick 15, Julio Jones, probably not going to play this week, hamstring. Pick 17, Miles Sanders, missed the first game with the hammy. Pick 20, there was panic in the streets week one about Austin Eckler. I skipped pick 19, Kenyon Drake. He's been underwhelming. Pick 23, 24, 25, Kittle, Godwin, Kenny Galladay. I had to go to pick 25 to fit Galladay in there. But uh, people are saying, oh, zero RB works because I picked this player, this player, and this player. Zero wide receiver works because I picked this player, this player, this player. No, these strategies are working because you escaped the injury bug so far in this season. It's a horribly frustrating first couple of weeks to try to manage fantasy football squads. Yeah, and zero RB doesn't mean you wait till round 12 to get your first running back as someone did in our my home league. Jeez. Yeah, I was practicing zero RB and I told myself I wasn't going to pick a running back till uh, round six. Yeah, I would would think four through six is when you really want to get your first running back if you're going zero RB. Yeah, I was trying. Did they get in round 12? They got like Cohen and Naheem Hines and just like pure third down backs. Yeah, so that's. People, I'm glad they got that, the whatever masochism. Yeah. I'm glad that that's the fantasy that football is providing for them. Yeah, people are uh, people get crazy in PPR being like, well, I can just uh, they think everybody is like uh, James White or Danny Woodhead with the Chargers where they're getting 80 targets a year. When most of these PPR guys, it's like uh, they'll chip in some stuff. You know, they're good RB2s and flexes. But um, yeah, that's a little crazy. That's getting too cute with zero RB. That is getting too cute. Um, oh, one thing that I forgot to mention that I think you'll both agree is getting too cute. Should I pick up player X to trade them? Should that, I? like, should I pick up uh, Jimmy Garoppolo to trade him was a question we got in the Discord before Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Or should I pick up, um, you know, I don't need this player. Should I pick him up? And if he does well, then I trade him like well you need a trade market the fact that he's sitting out there on the wire kind of indicates he probably doesn't have a trade market so that's you know pick a player up to have him on your roster not to bounce him is my thought yeah here's the thing with trades and sales is the fact that uh fantasy football is a marketplace so the value only coincides with what you can get for him Mm mm-hmm yeah, that's that's people ask me, uh, who should I who, who can I get for player, you know, for this player? I'm like, Mom, I don't know. Ask your league. That's who you need to you know, that's who you need to ask, because um, all it takes is one guy to uh, to go for it. Like in my league, uh, Tyler Lockett went for David Johnson and Buda Baker. And if you don't play IDP, Buda Baker was like the number one safety in some formats going into the season. And so that's a big trade for Tyler Lockett and in another league, I saw Tyler Lockett for David Johnson straight up, no Buda Baker. So league, the league is what it, what, uh, you know, what you got to take into account. Right. You could have a huge Jimmy Garoppolo fan in your league and all he ever does is draft Jimmy Garoppolo. And for some reason he's on the wire, you pick, then you could think, okay, I'll pick him up and I'll trade it to this guy who absolutely loves Jimmy Garoppolo. And get more than probably what he's worth off the waiver wire. But mm-hmm. you go to any other different league, like you mentioned, if he's on the waiver wire, he's on the waiver wire for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. If you can just pick up a player for nothing, there's a reason for that. 
in your league. Wait, is is he? A, if he loves Jimmy Garoppolo, why is Jimmy Garoppolo on the waiver wire? Is that like a, if you love someone, set them free kind of yeah, deal? Because okay. he was trying to make sure you know that Jimmy came back to him. I get yeah, it now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or he's the type of person who didn't draft Jimmy Garoppolo and then doesn't pay attention to the waiver wire, and all of a sudden he's there, and it's like you know a mirage of 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 great waterfall in the desert. <laughs> the Jimmy Garoppolo oasis. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, perfect. So let's, why don't we go ahead? Let's get into the mailbag. We have two more questions from the mailbag and then a question about the 49ers that we'll talk about when we get to that game. So first question from Joey underscore BK in the discord. Um, what's a day in the life like for a fantasy football analyst? So, I'll go first because I've been thinking, kicking this around in my head for what a day looks like for me. Um, and it's actually, I kind of map out my week. I don't go day by day because, I mean, you got Monday, Thursday, Sunday, you have football. Uh, Tuesday, Friday, I'm recording podcasts with you fellas. So what I, uh, what I kind of do is um, on Monday morning, the first thing I do, the first thing I do on Monday morning is I go to NFL.com. I go game by game and I look at the box scores just to see if there's something I missed going, okay, is there a weird performance here that doesn't make sense? And I have pages where I just write down the the stat lines of important players or players that had a big game. So I can kind of make sure that, you know, if I get a wild thought, I can refer back to that real quick and see what's going on there. Um, Then from there, I write my absurdity checks and then I start watching the games. I watch... I try to watch four games a day. Well, actually, no, that doesn't work out because I end up watching five games live. Morning, afternoon, night game on Sunday, Monday night football, Thursday night football. So that leaves 11 games. I usually watch three, 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 and two, Monday through Thursday. Because um, if you watch more than that, you can kind of... uh, start to get overload because things are going really fast because I'm watching them on condensed mode. If I see if I see a play that I want to see more of, I'll go to coaches film. But I don't need to watch a game in coaches film to see, oh, um, you know, Frank Gore lined up uh, in the you know, in an I formation and got three yard gain. I don't care what happened on that play. I don't care. It doesn't matter. That play doesn't matter. Um, so if I see a play that I want to see more of, I'll go to coaches tape but i just go to game pass and i just watch the condensed to just get the idea of the flow of the game um tuesday podcast with you fellas and write um wednesday i write all my start sits i write all my um uh, no sorry wednesday i write all my start sits thursday i write all my sleepers friday i record with you guys and sundays i watch with a uh just have a notebook with you when you see something, note it down because it helps clean up some of these misconceptions of things like I didn't watch the Buccaneers game and I thought Rojo fumbled and got benched. That's not what happened. He fumbled and he stayed in the game and then he got benched for Leonard Fournette. So just keep an eye on that sort of thing. And it's kind of like a week thing instead of a day to day thing. Um, and it's it's long hours. Uh, I hardly did anything today. I was chilling in the discord this morning and I still put in like 60 to 65 hours already this week more if you count sunday um as a day it's a lot of work (laughs) so mike you do stuff for pff and stuff so why don't you talk about what what a day how you handle the football space 
mine's mine's not so much different than yours as far as like writing and game game watching. Uh, the only difference is is I I sort of um, go through people's notes and see what they've written about the games before I watch them. And then I watch them and see sort of like, are they in man-to-man defense? Are they in zone? Mm-hmm. Um, who who exploits who? Uh, if, it's a, if, say, Julio Jones exploits uh, Xavier Howard, how does, why does he exploit him? Is it because he's man-to-man or is it because he's playing zone? So um, I'll, I'll go into that a little bit. Uh, as far as PFF uh, and Roto uh, World go, I do... Um, basically charting and what that is is you have to know every single player on the field both offense and defense uh, at the same uh, on the same play every play so I write down every offensive player every defensive player then go on to the next player uh, next next play and uh, all, all offensive players, all defensive players, and then of course where they're playing. So defensive end, linebacker, cornerback, mm-hmm. you know, wide receiver, tight end, blah blah blah. Um, other than that, it's it's basically the same as yours. Yeah. One thing I forgot to mention: I am never not on Twitter. Um, you can find any bit of information that you're looking for on Twitter because you're kind of aggregating research. Um, you can find from NFL beat writers. You're looking for those check marks. Look for the blue check marks. But you can aggregate beat writer reports. You can see what other people are saying about players. Like Mike said, you said you look at people's notes. Um, you know, you can see random stats that you might find, stuff that you might want to look into more. And then a big thing is if you have a question, just go to YouTube. Like if you have any sort of football question that you don't understand something, you can just go to YouTube. Um, there's plenty of things and just put in a question. Like you can put in, how does cover two work? Like if you don't know how cover two works there, I said, how does cover two work? And there's an official NFL video. There's a great video uh, with Steve Spagnolo that explains cover two, cover three and cover four defenses that I watch probably about once a year to refresh myself. That's a great video on how that works. And just go to YouTube if you have a question and it's just always be learning. That's kind of what I'm always doing. Yeah. Or go to one of us as well um yeah. or go to the chat groups whatever whatever you guys need to find the answers to um i know we're always available to you and you know so is youtube if you want to see you know something live going on yeah so uh, evan so want to cook amazing food and post photos of it yes that's also available in our discord so evan you have two kids you don't quite have the free time so maybe you can uh be be an analyst on a time budget you can explain how that works yeah, well, the first thing I do is I wake up half an hour before I know my kids will wake up because I do something really important. One of the most important parts of my day is I sit there for half an hour and I think about how I can best make our fans happy with fantasy football, how I can increase their enjoyment of it, and how I can identify if it's kind of stressing them out and steer them into a way of looking at it that's not as stressful. It's, you know, 2020 has been so awful-tastic that if you are having a hobby, especially a hobby with the word fantasy in the team name, you need to have that be an escape. But so many people are stressing and they get mad at themselves because they choose the right player, you know, and I don't want to show them, don't be mad that you choose the right player. Be, be Feel good that you bet on yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it feel good that you trusted having logic. And uh, I feel 
kind of responsible for at least part of the mental health of uh, of of the people who t- who interact with us, you know, the readers, uh, because this is what we this is what absurdity was founded upon. You know, um, uh, most people like fancy football, but most people don't like math class. So why does every single site? seem like it's math class when it's giving you fancy football advice. Why can't we just give you, you know, a little bit of reasoning, a piece of advice, and a joke? And if you want to see the math behind it, we can show our work, but not everybody likes math. Most people don't. So why don't we do that? So I feel like I feel like that's our place in the community. We have many places, uh, but I feel that's one thing we do that people look to us for is we, we keep it a game. We keep it an escape. So I spend the first half of my half hour just thinking about ways I can do that. I think I'm coming up with a. I think I'm going to come up with a monthly column series. I already did it, the first one, a few weeks ago, where I'm like, you have to figure out what you want out of fantasy football, and it can't be just to win because nine tenths of the league is not going to win. Half the league is not going to win in any given week. So you have mm-hmm. to figure out something else you like out of it. So I think I'm going to every month come up with an article about here's how you can find satisfaction. Here's how you can play fantasy football better. And here's how it might be stressing you out in a way that it can't stress you out. Cause I worry, I worry about uh, our fans. Yeah. And then the kids get up and I spend every minute free writing and watching tape. That's pretty much the boring part until five thirty when I, when I put the kids in front of the TV or the wife comes home and then I proceed to get drunk. <laughs> so yeah our, our raisin detra our reason for existence is to remind you that football is fun and help you have fun with fancy football so all right guys let's stop let's stop uh getting high on our o's to ply let's answer a different question um because <clears throat> we love to talk and we love to give our opinions but we need i need to keep us moving along here so um next question is from ak magic in the discord this is the last one before we get into uh talking about thursday night football um when do we know when to cut bait and move on a big question that i've seen a lot is do i give up on cam makers cam makers left after three carries last week i believe it was uh, he's got a rib injury um and also i've seen like when do i give up on zach moss um I'll let one of you guys answer about like, Mike, I'll let you go first. When do you decide when it's time to cut bait and move on? I know you're in a lot of dynasty leagues, so that's, you hold on a lot longer than those, but in your like home league or your redraft league, like when have you said, all right, I've had enough of this guy. Like what, what does that mean to you? Um, I, I usually look at what they, what, what, so, okay. I think the best way to answer this is, is to look at both of those players. And so for, Let's look at Cam Akers. Well, Cam Akers has a role in this offense. They have he has a role. So if he has a stable role, if he's getting the attempts and you can see uh, progress out of him, then you're going to want to hold on to him. Now look at Zach Moss. Well, how is Zach Moss involved in this offense? Well, Zach Moss is involved in more of the short yardage and goal line situations. Between the 20s, it's Devin Singletary. So if you have, if you're in, say, a PPR league, Zach Moss isn't going to give you what you need because as long as Devin Singletary is there, Zach Moss isn't going to be catching the passes. He's not going to be going in between the 20s. His role is at the goal line. Now, if you're a non-PPR league, then you're probably going to want to get rid of Devin Singletary and keep Zach Moss. So you can see how those roles uh, differ. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's how I see it. I see if a guy has a stable role, if he's progressing, and if he he, has a future like Cam Akers with this team, then you're going to want to hold on to him. 
if that role is designated or boxed in like someone like Zach Moss, then you could kind of feel free to let go of him or over someone uh, like say this was week one over someone like James Robinson, where you see James Robinson, he has the backfield to himself. He's mm-hmm. doing well, those kind of things. So it's that kind of uh, differentiation that you want to go through it and deciding on whether some, someone should be kicked off your team or not. Yeah. Um, so what I like to do for figuring out who to cut is I like to look at not necessarily production, but opportunity. So you're looking at target share. You're looking at red zone touches. You're looking at for running backs who is getting the goal line carries and who is getting the targets. And like Mike, this Mike, this piggybacks off of you. Sony Michelle is owned in two thirds of leagues and I don't know why. Cam Newton is the goal line back. James White, you know, when he's back with the team, he's getting the running back targets. So what's the point of own, owning Sony Michelle? But what I also don't do is I don't look at my team and say, okay, I need to cut this guy, this guy, and this guy. Who can I go get on the waiver wire? I start with the waiver wire and say, okay, I want to get this guy on my team. Do I want him on my team more or less than this player that's already on my team? And when I write the drop candidates article, I think about, like offense and their role in the offense and opportunities. Like I said, those are kind of the three things like this week, the cut candidates were Tariq Cohen, Matt Breida and Jordan Howard, Sony, Michelle, Tevin Coleman, um, and Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay was if you're in dire straight because of his turf toe situation, but you know, the classic example for me this year that I was telling everybody is Tevin Coleman. Can you get Tevin Coleman's production on the waiver wire? Probably. He's He has a narrow band of outcomes. You know, he's the running back to in San Francisco. If somebody got hurt, which they already did, um, you know, he's still Tevin Coleman. He doesn't have a lot of upside. So if you're rostering Tevin Coleman, you might as well roster Jarek McKinnon because if you need to get Tevin Coleman's production off the waiver wire, you probably can. Um, so basically what I'm looking for is opportunity to stop talking is uh, opportunity, talent, and uh, the offense. And if two of those three legs get cut out from underneath the player, I'm not looking towards them anymore. You know, you can have talent in a bad offense. You can have opportunity in a bad offense. You can have talent and opportunity in a good offense or in a bad offense, and, you know, you'll still produce. But if you don't have talent, opportunity, and a good offense, if you don't have two out of those three, I'm looking to get rid of you. Because you're not going to have a lot of week-to-week upside. Like, not to bring it back to the 49ers, but this is an easy one for me to to do because I have so much knowledge of them. Chip Kelly's 49ers, okay? The offense didn't work. Um, The talent was questionable. But Torrey Smith had lots of opportunity. And I got way too over my skis on Torrey Smith. And that's when I kind of thought of this, you know, tripod of things, talent, opportunity, and offense, where you got to have two out of the three to um, be good. And if you want to check opportunity, uh, player profile, playerprofiler.com has routes run, which is a great metric. Um, uh, FF Today has, um, you can check on team, like how many rushes does a team give to running backs per week? Stuff like that, not to direct people to other websites. Uh, Pro Football Reference is, of course, the GOAT, uh, but these are the the websites that I use. So that's how I figure out if I'm going to cut a player is if they're missing two out of talent, opportunity, and a good offense. 
and I'm not worried about when I drafted them because you got to cut bait on players. It's only a 16 weeks or 13 week regular season or 12 week regular season, depending on where you play. So Evan, when do you decide to cut somebody other than Dak Prescott, uh, making you huffy? <laughs> God, I get so emotional, baby. Um, the thing is I use my bench like a toolkit because I want to have it have tools that, that work for different parts of the season, not just now. And so I'll have two or three guys that are starters, usually running backs, where they're inferior to my three starting running backs, but should there be an injury or should there be a good matchup coming up, I can slot them in. Like, you know, the David Montgomery's, the Latavius Murray's of the world. You know, I, I'm, I, they're not getting in my flex or my RB2 spot, but oh, hey, Carolina's coming to town. Let's mm-hmm. go. I'm sure you're going to, you could win me the week. And I like two or three players that are, have a high floor if they're boring, you know, uh, even if they're boring. Like like this week, Frank Gore is a good example. He's going to get you between six and nine points. That is what he will do for you. Great for filling in bye weeks. And then I want two or three uh, lottery tickets that, if they pay off late, can win me the league. The Alexander Madisons, the, uh, the uh, J.K. Dobbins, the Zach Mosses. Now, I know I've just said I have six to nine players on my bench, but there's a lot of overlap. Kareem nice. Hunt, high, high floor, floor, could win you the league. Except those down. down. So, I, I like to have a few of those. So when I'm thinking of cutting, it depends upon what where the, what I got them for, what tool, and whether or not they're doing it. With the players that I want to substitute in, the the uh, the I'll call them the RB4s, I'm like, well, is there a better one out there? Uh, the fact that I'm looking at them now probably means I'm not winning now because otherwise I wouldn't be worried about them. Yep. So I'll have more urgency to cut them to try and fill myself with some guys that can be promoted to starters. With the middle guys, the high floor guys, I'm just kind of looking throughout the year. Did some high floor guy get dropped because he's boring and it's a higher floor than, I don't know, if I have Frank Gore? It probably will happen sometime, but it's not as urgent. And then with the Zach Mosses and the J.K. Dobbins, I never picked them for performance now. I just picked them as a lottery ticket, and the lotto is not getting called until week eight at the earliest. So I don't even I haven't even like looked at the stat lines of the, of the DeAndre Swifts, the Zach Mosses, the J.K. Dobbins, because I'm like, that's not what you do on my bench. You're mm-hmm. the, maybe you can win me the league if I just hold on to you long enough. So I, I, uh, Zach Moss falls into that category where I'm like, I don't look at you until like week six. Yeah. Classic example of that is, um, Alvin Kamara. I drafted Alvin Kamara everywhere I could. And when I couldn't draft him, somebody dro- dropped him after week three. I hoovered him up, put him on my bench his rookie year because he was in that role. You got to remember why you drafted guys. If you drafted Cam Akers as a, possible breakout or Zach Moss as a possible breakout or JK Dobbins as a possible breakout, give them more than two weeks, guys, give them more than four weeks. Um, I mean, think about the second half of last season, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf. These guys all came on in the second half last year and you know, they were all great for, for uh, various weeks throughout the second half. So just pump the brakes. Like if say, for example, Jonathan Taylor, say Marlon Mack was still rocking and rolling. The Marlon Mack thing could happen to anybody any week. Zach Moss could, you know, knock on wood. I have a glass desk, so that won't work. But he could knock on wood, pop his Achilles this week, just like um, Marlon Mack. And then it's the Zach Moss show. Or Daryl Henderson could, you know, win the lottery. And then it's the Cam Akers show when he's healthy. So if you drafted guys Guys, as upside upside breakouts, breakouts, two weeks isn't enough enough to decide decide if that's that's going to happen. So anything else you guys want to add? 
the the only thing that I, I I like to add to it is I I before I even look at at the waiver wire, what I ask myself is one question: Can this player be any better than the player I'm going to drop? If yeah, yeah. if the answer is it's the same or less, then I move on. Yeah, that's exactly it. Do they do they have more upside? And then one last thing I want to say: schedule is a tiebreaker. It's not a reason to do something. It's not, don't look at Stefan Diggs's playoff matchups in week three. You got to get to the playoffs first. You know, it's a tiebreaker. It's not a reason to do things. Unless it's Carson Wentz, because drop him, because Carson Wentz sucks. Yeah, I've, so, I've actually learned that my, the hard way many times. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to pick up this player because week three, he has the Carolina Panthers and he's a running back. Well, guess what? The team throws the ball instead of runs it. You know, and then you get like zero points and then you've lost your player. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's not a – yeah. It, I ask good. myself, uh, am I getting three or more players in the same tier, like three running backs ranked 24th through 36th? That's usually a recipe for me to sit there worrying about something that I can't really decide because, you know, it's kind of a dart throw. And that makes me unhappy and that takes away from the fantasy. So I try to just be like, look, I only want to choose between two people. Even if a third one would increase my options, it, who knows what the future is going to be? <laughs> who knows what the future is going to be? I mean, and, we do. Come to our Discord. Don't get me yes. wrong. But if you want to know between the 29th ranked running back and the 30th, I'm like, I don't know. Do you, do you have an affiliation for one? Would it, would it make you happy to root for them? Because that's all I can really help you with. And I mean, let's be clear here. Everything we do is is picking at the margins because I think it was fantasy pros did a study a few years back. That was they've every close decision that, uh, you know, experts made analysts. I don't like the E word analysts make it's barely better than a coin flip. Like in terms of them being right, granted, you know, Christian McCaffrey versus Philip Lindsay season long is not a coin flip, but you know, like Saquon Barkley versus Alvin Kamara usually is like a coin flip week to week. And the best analysts are only slightly better than a coin flip. So it's not about being right. It's about making the right decisions. If that makes sense, process over results. So, all right, that's enough. That's enough questions guys. But I have one question for you guys. Beard or mustache? Beard. Cause last night beard won the day. We're talking dolphins, Jags, dolphins, 31 Jaguars, 13 Jaguars, Jaguars, however you want to say it. Um, game did not, go how i thought it would go uh the dolphins came out to a hot lead they're up uh, 21 to 7 at halftime and um pretty much never took their foot off the gas uh james robinson was huge for the jags gardner Minshew needs dj chark um and lavisca chenault it's criminal he only touched the ball six times in a game where they didn't have um dj chark and chris Conley got eight targets that's insane to me um so all right guys uh Mike, you wanted to know if J-Rob could be a top 12 running back this week. Um, I don't think we need to see the rest of the week. I think we can say yes. Yeah, there, there's no explanation except for the fact that he is a top 12 and the fact that he might be a better pass receiver than Chris Thompson, which is the sole reason why the Jaguars brought him over. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. We didn't listen in the preseason. We didn't listen. They said, we cut Leonard Fournette because we're more than happy with James Robinson. We all went, ah, Reichwell Armstead, Divino Zigbo, Chris Thompson, yeah, yeah, whatever. James, We didn't listen. They told us what they were going to do. <laughs> now they're doing it. And, I mean, James Robinson, I tried to add him, but some 
doofus in my league dropped him on Tuesday for waivers, and uh, I won't get him till next week. Someone wa- dropped him? Are you be- kidding me? On Tuesday waivers, somebody dropped him, yeah. What? Dude, these Yahoo Pro Leagues are insane. They're only 10-teamers. It's nuts. But you pay money to be in them. It's stupid. Anyways. What was Wally's anecdote? Somebody paid $185 out of a $200 budget for Christian McCaffrey and then tried to trade him to Waleed for like a song this week or traded him to Waleed for a song week yeah. three. People are crazy. People are crazy. So um, Gardner Minshew, he let us down this week. Um, he's always on the edge of uh, a game like this, sort of a disastrous game. Um, he just couldn't pull it out. I think he need. I don't think we can start. What I saw last night is I don't know if we can start Gardner Minshew without DJ Chark. And I, I, I wouldn't recommend it if DJ Chark is hurt. Like, do you guys have? Yeah, any earlier on this that? week you were uh, earlier this week. I want to know. Uh, speaking of that, the cult of Minshew, uh, I want to know about the cult of Minshew and if it was uh-huh. going to come through. And it let me it made me realize that in addition to schedule, should matchup should only be a tiebreaker. Uh this cult of personality thing should only be a tiebreaker. Like I said, if somebody comes to me with a 29th versus a 30th running back, uh, go for the one you like best. That's just as a tiebreaker. And I think a lot of people, and I think some of us were even guilty of 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 of, of thinking Garden Munchu was going to do great as a second. I'm sorry, for- what? What's what? his name? You called him Garden Munchu? Garden Garden Gardner. What do we call him for the Pokemon? Gardevoir Munchu. <laughs> yeah. Um. Gardner Minshew, in fact, uh, I think a lot of people, myself included, were caught up with the personality and mm-hmm. overlooked that, you know, this guy's got mediocre receivers out there besides LaVisca, who's great, and it's a short week, and he's not, not he's not, he's a, he's a second-year sophomore, you know? Let's not, let's not, it feels great to start him in a root form when he does great, but that shouldn't be the, the primary decision. I think uh, uh, I was reminded of that. I think I got a hard lesson in that this week. Yeah, um, I try to stay away from wouldn't it be cool if this happened um, because that's when we get Gardner Minshew 275 yards and 22 rushing because wouldn't it be cool if he had three touchdowns on Thursday Night Football? It's it's like when you're playing Madden and you're like, well, that wide receiver's double covered, um, but wouldn't it be cool if I was able to bomb it out to him for like 35 yards? And so you, you bomb it out for 35 yards and it's a pick. That, that happens sometimes. And yeah, we... We love Gardner Minshew over in the Discord. He's a lot of fun. Um, I th- still think he's, a, as long as DJ Chark is healthy, which he's not right now, I think he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback. But my caveat applies. Do not You, you saw last night why you don't watch Gardner Minshew. Because every play was a heart attack. So, Miles um, Gaskin seems to be the man in the Miami backfield. Um, Matt Breida had three carries for four yards. Um, and he had one target, target that, was that was pass interference, interference. and so it got so called got back. back. Jordan Howard has probably the funniest stat line that I've ever seen um, on the season so far. He has 16 carries for 12 yards and three touchdowns. He's a true goal line back. So I'm going to be honest with you guys. With bye weeks coming up, that has a role in a desperation sense. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I don't know how many games that I've had where I've just had a goal line back like Jordan Howard and have had bye weeks in and injury hell and was like, OK, well, maybe he'll get me a touchdown. And he does. Uh, so uh, they they definitely have a role. 
Um, as you mentioned with Miles Gaskin, last night was the first night Miles Gaskin actually got the start over Jordan Howard. So I think this is going to be now and, you know, till the end of the season, uh, Miles Gaskin's backfield. But there is no doubt about it. Jordan Howard is the goal line back. So if you're in a bad situation, he could help you out with a touchdown or two. Yeah, I'm big on Miles Gaskin, but then also, yeah, Jordan Howard, um, with the buys coming up, he could, you know, as, as a uh, football guys calls it uh, a, what the heck flex, like, yep. pfft, let's see what happens here. Well, let's see what happens. Roll the dice. I still have post-traumatic stress about losing oh, games. We, we lost you for a second, Evan. You have post-traumatic stress from what? From losing multiple games due to Lindale White playing on a Monday night. Oh no. Yeah. Lindale White was another one that, was the but he he's not a Jordan Howard. Lindell White was a goal line back, but he's not as good as Howard. Doesn't have the vision um, Howard does. Yeah. So all right. Um, Did Howard score twelve touchdowns in a season? Hmm? Uh, yes, he will in twenty twenty. <laughs> I think Ooh, with injuries, Howard first. probably can score twelve touchdowns in a season. I mean, he it's possible. Yeah, it's it's if he doesn't get hurt. I mean, maybe if they're only using him for three carries a game so he can pound one in. Phrasing. All right. Um, other stuff in this game. Ryan Fitzpatrick ran all over the place. I wouldn't count on that happening every week. He's old. And uh, the um, who was it that sacked him? That reminded us that uh, I think it was Josh Allen. That reminded us that he cannot uh, just run around all the time with impunity. Because Josh Allen blew him up in the backfield, I think it was. Um but he had 160 and two, added 38 and a rushing touchdown. So if you started him, you're pretty happy with that. Devontae Parker looked like garbage all night long because of his hamstring injury. Um, he just could not get any separation. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he had like two two yards of yak throughout this whole thing. Five for five, 69 yards. Um, Preston Williams got two targets for seven yards, but one was in the end zone. So people are, think that starting Preston Williams was a good idea. He's starting to get close to a cut candidate for me. He hasn't looked good through three games. Um, I know he's recovering from the ACL, but he hasn't looked good. He's not there yet, but he's getting close. Um, I am not starting a Jags player right now without DJ Chark, not named James Robinson or as a flex LaVisca Chenault. That's it. I'm not starting Keelan Cole. I'm not starting Chris Conley. I'm not starting DD Westbrook. I'm not doing any of that. I'm not starting, you know, the Gardner. The Gardner stink. Has Westbrook even caught a pass this year? He, Mike, he caught one pass for four yards last night. Oh, God. Yeah. I think that might be his only catch of the season. I think he's been a healthy scratch the first two weeks. Oh, that'll explain it. Yeah, that'll do it. So, all right. Has he fallen? So, this this uh, Miami Jags game, not exactly what you're looking for in a primetime matchup. But don't worry, guys. It gets better next week. Do you guys know who Thursday Night Football is next week? Oh, I think it's even Some worse, right? garbage cans. Yeah. It definitely. is the 0-2 New York Jets versus oh. the 0-2 Denver Broncos. What, 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 are they, what is Thursday Night Football doing? This is like, okay, you know what? Since we can't really get a good game out of good teams, why don't we just take the trashiest teams and hopefully bad football will equal good football? I think they figured it out that there's a set fan base of people, not analysts or fantasy football nuts, that just tune in no matter what. So they're like, cool, let's get some money off our worst game. Uh, 
next the week after that uh it might get worse depending on how uh tom brady actually ends up being because it's then it's bears buccaneers uh week seven's a nightmare too eagles giants but there's actually a good thursday night football game nestled in there week six buffalo and the chiefs so if buffalo can keep rolling and the chiefs are the chiefs we actually have a good thursday night football game there so i I see that happening oh that's gonna be a good one buffalo will keep rolling and then week nine uh, the Green Bay Packers will get their revenge on the 49ers. That game should have been good uh, when the season started, but now probably not so much. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be good, no. Yep. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's turn the page on Thursday Night Football, and let's start talking about Sunday and Monday's games. So, uh, again, like I said off the top, what we do is we ask questions about uh, what we are looking for this weekend um, as analysts. And then on Tuesday, we will give you guys the answers to those questions. So um, first game up on the docket is Chicago at Atlanta. Uh, Chicago has no injuries listed um, for anybody significant on Roto World. Julio Jones has been a true questionable, and it's a game-time decision right now for Julio Jones. Um I'm not sure which way to go. I would probably guess that they err on the side of sitting Julio, um, but they may start him because they don't want to start one and two. Uh, I'm sorry, oh and three. They want to start oh and two, so they might force it to him. So, um, Mike, let's do this. Let's assume that they don't play Julio Jones because you gave me two questions. <laughs> and, yeah, which is smart because we do, going up to this, we didn't know what the status with Julio is. I'm going to assume that they don't start Julio. Is Russell Gage an auto start this weekend? That's what you want to see as a, as a flex type player. You know, I was there. There's some rumblings about Russell Gage, and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I think that Julio Jones is is going not going to be out. So I I investigated, not going to be out. Julio Jones is going to be out. Uh, so I investigated that a little bit further, and Russell Gage is a lot more surprising than I thought he was. Uh, for instance, he's the second leader, leading receiver on the Falcons and isn't much farther behind than Calvin Ridley uh, mm-hmm. as, as far as targets and reception. Uh, Ridley has one more target and one more reception than Gage. Uh, the biggest difference, of course, has been touchdowns where Ridley is dominated with his four touchdowns in just two weeks where Gage has just gotten one. And then, for some reason, even though the targets and receptions are pretty uh, equal, uh, Ridley has 79 more yards than Gage. I don't know if Ridley had a, like a huge play where he went like 85 yards. I'm I'm a, I'm thinking that might be the difference of why there's such a vast difference between receptions and yards, but I can't really say for sure. Uh, I can I can tell you I can actually answer that question Mike because I looked into the usage patterns this week. Okay, yeah, go for it. Let me answer that question real quick. So right now, I because I I had that same that same thought and I was like, what is going on here? The I so I looked at the average depth of target of the players. Um, Ridley is getting them about um, ten yards downfield, but he's getting them everywhere. Um, uh, Brand, I'm sorry, Julio Jones is sort of like the Brandon Cooks of the Rams big three a couple of years ago. He's getting deep shots, 16 and a half yards downfield. And um, Russell Gage is only getting him about seven yards downfield. He's kind of the possession receiver. So he's getting a lot of targets, but they're fewer yards and they're not the types of targets that are 
that Matt Ryan is throwing him open. Like he's just getting like curls and stuff. So he's getting a lot more short yardage stuff than Calvin Ridley, who is getting stuff further downfield and then is able to break stuff long because they're because of the types of passes that he gets. So that's why. And I, I think the best way to describe how this, this wide receiver room is being used is think of the Rams a couple of years ago when they were blowing teams up. Cooper cup is uh, I'm sorry. Russell Gage is Cooper Cup, Julio Jones is Brandon Cooks, and Calvin Ridley is Robert Woods. Think of it that way, is is what I found. So, all right, all three of those guys were good, and all three of these guys can be good. So, Mike, keep going with Russell Gage. So, yeah, and that explains a lot. I was looking at their their positioning groupings, and as you're mentioning, the shorter patterns it usually means um, one is in the slot, and Russell Gage is for surely in the slot and in the slot if a guy is performing like russell gage is doing you definitely want to play him in ppr leagues therefore if russell gage is sort of uh, matching receptions with with calvin ridley and if julio jones is out you're going to definitely want to start russell gage in either a wide receiver spot or a flex spot i i think you can keep rolling with with Russell Gage as well throughout the year. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I've, I've been picking up Russell Gage where I could. He's only owned in about 40% of Yahoo leagues right now. Um, and uh, I think he's a good option going forward, especially if this Julio injury lingers. Evan, you want to know about the Bears defense and Todd Gurley? Yeah, I think the Bears defense is going to give Todd Gurley something special, girl. Six in the box. Six in the box. Khalil Mack has been limited all week. I think they're going to have him cheat out and have him focus more on stopping the uh, passes in the interior and let Todd Gurley try to beat them because that's been the blueprint for Atlanta getting beat all, all year. I'm, I'm eager to watch to see if that uh, – obviously Todd Gurley won't beat them. That's why they're doing it. But I think he will be producing in fantasy. I'm going to be definitely watching the game cast, the replay, uh, to see what they do on defense with Khalil Mack. And if it opens up the run game for Atlanta, and then if Todd Gurley takes advantage of it, that's going to make a huge, a, a huge factor in my decision on how to advise people on Todd Gurley going forward. All right. Yeah. Todd Gurley hasn't been great this year. We kind of had a mini meltdown about him um, in the bonus episode this week. Um, so it would be nice for the Gurley owners to see something good happen for him this week. So, all right. Kwanzaa. Six in the box. All right. Calm down. Next next one up. Rams at Buffalo. 10 a.m. start. Um, but uh, 70, sorry, 74 point over under. That would be quite the game. 47 point over under Buffalo, two point favorites. I don't think I said the over under for the last game. 47 and a half over under Atlanta, three point favorites. Um, Rams and Buffalo, though, two surprise two and O teams at this point. Two teams that really cleaned up some problems that they had going on for the Rams. Malcolm Brown looks like he's going to practice. He was a full go. Um, he's going to go. He was a full go in practice today. Cam Akers, while we were recording, was ruled out for this weekend. His rib injury is not progressing as they expected. Dawson Knox has been ruled out. John Brown, with a foot injury, is trending in the right direction, according to Bill's coaches. Uh, Cole Beasley is banged up but should play. And Zach Moss, which we kind of talked about at the beginning, has a toe injury. Um, they haven't said if it's turf toe. I haven't seen that. And he is not playing this weekend. So, 
my goal was to make a bunch of notes for everything, but I, basically I'm just doing injury roundups for the games at this point because everybody's hurt. So, uh, Evan, you want to know if Josh Allen is going to stay strong when facing a good defense because he hasn't in the first couple of weeks. He has faced um, New York Jets and a Miami secondary that has been trash. Goodness gracious. Uh, and now he's getting the Rams, whom we all know have a solid defense, maybe the best defensive player in football, and Aaron Donald. Let's see it. Is this we, – we, we don't know. Josh Allen, has he made that full leap uh, to third-year superstar or just third-year quarterback who's really good for fantasy? You know, is, is Stefan Diggs for real a huge part of this offense now? Are they going to move forward? They don't have Zach Moss which is interesting. They clearly don't trust Devin Singletary to go north-south, or they wouldn't have drafted Zach Moss, obviously, because last year Devin Singletary kept getting injuries, plowing into the pile, phrasing. So I'm eager, now that it's on the line, now that Josh Allen definitely has to win this with his arm, are you are you a superstar? And if you are, that makes you a matchup-proof fantasy start every week, which is what I'd love to see, having him in my big money league. There you go. So... Um... Mike, you wanted to know about the other quarterback in this game. Yeah, I was curious on if Jared Goff can get to be a top 12 quarterback. Week one, he was not. Week two, he was an exact QB 12. Uh, as far as the Bills go, they're they're pretty bad against the pass. In fact, you could say they're awful. Uh, they allow the 25th most attempts, the 21st in yards. The Where, where they get stingy is allowing points. And, of mm. course... Points is what we want as fantasy owners. Um, they're 12th in points allowed. For golf to be a top 12, he would need anywhere between 24 and 26 fantasy points. That means touchdowns. And if the Bills aren't allowing points, that means he's not going to be scoring touchdowns. I like him as a QB 14 or 15. I do not think he's going to be a, a QB 12 this week. Okay. And yeah, that's kind of where the range, the range where Jared Goff kind of lives. He's like the new um, uh, Philip Rivers sort of deal where Philip Rivers for years was just that, you know, QB 10 to QB 15 that you could take in round 11 and just kind of feel okay, but not great about him on a week to week basis. And that kind of feels where uh, Jared Goff is starting to um, settle in. So, all right, next game up on the docket for Sunday is Washington 1-1, one one, Cleveland 1-1, one 45-point one, over-under, Cleveland's seven-point favorites in this one. And as far as injuries, um, Brandon Scherf went to IR. I think we mentioned that on the bonus podcast. He's an offensive lineman for the uh, football team who's really good. Sorry, that sounds dumb for Washington. <laughs> That's really good. Um, McKissick seems to be the running back over Peyton Barber in Week 2. Antonio Gibson starting to get more run. Not really an injury thing, but just something that I would like to note. Um, it's going to be McKissick over Barber this weekend. For Cleveland, Denzel Ward uh, is questionable for Sunday. And something OBJ said this week was kind of interesting. Odell Beckham said that he's probably not going to post big numbers this season in the Browns passing game because their goal is to run the ball, which is smart. Uh, their goal is to run the ball with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb as many times as possible. Shot. So. Yeah, I mean, two of the top, what did you say, conservatively top 15 running backs in the league by talent. Um, With a rushing back-minded coach. Yeah. 
Baker Mayfield, who's dangerous if he goes long, and that's what kind of routes OBJ runs. Yeah, I, I don't see very much volume going to OBJ's way. Yeah, and um, hopefully, I think he might be good for one or two deep balls a game because if the play action's working, um, that bought, that bought Baker some space against the Bengals, um, which actually leads right into Evan's question: um, Is Cleveland's offense going to fall apart when faced with a good defense? Because the play action was working against the Bengals really well, um, at least in the first quarter for Baker. So um, when they play an actual defense this week, is it going to work as well for the Browns? Yeah, it's the right test. We. Uh... There's so much fantasy potential on Cleveland, you know? But then they face a great defense in Baltimore, and they score six points. But then they face a kind of a medium defense in Cincinnati, and they score 35. So now they've got Washington, which is kind of a medium good defense in between Cincinnati and Baltimore. Are you going to put up fantasy numbers, Cleveland? Otherwise, it's just a wait every week and see if it's the week you're not playing a good defense. And that's people drafted Cleveland's players for more than that. So I'm, I'm hoping they put it together. Yeah, that's um, that's uh, uh, some disappointment. Even when people had lowered expectations this year, there's some disappointment in this Cleveland passing game, uh, especially with Austin Hooper, who you can cut. Um, Mike wanted to know about the other side of the ball, another team that's uh, another passing game that can't seem to get it going. Can we trust Haskins to get two touchdowns and 250 yards? Right. So, I mean, I, I at this point... Uh, not too many people, if any, are going to be starting Dwayne Haskins unless you're in some kind of fluky 2QB league and, you know, you're, you're putting him out. So I think this more, I should have rephrased this more around towards uh, Terry McLaurin. But without Haskins, there is no McLaurin. And what I'm looking at is that the Browns are pretty, pretty horrible against the pass. 31st in attempts, and then they allow the 28th most yards and the 32nd most points. So if this is a week, Terry McLaurin, I know he had a touchdown, I believe, last week. Um, if if Haskins and McLaurin is going to, to be a thing, uh, this is the week to actually get that going. But looking over Haskins' um, pass, he has not thrown for more than 250 yards um, in 11 games. Um, what? Yeah, in 11 games, he has not thrown for more than 250 yards. That's crazy. Uh, and um, has only two touchdowns three times in his 11 games. So uh. he, has, he has never thrown for more than uh, 250 yards and um, has never thrown for three touchdowns in a game. Uh, yeah, Haskins is not good, uh, at least not yet. Uh, so... I mean, I like McLaurin. I think you're going to start him anyways, but especially against that Cleveland defense. But I do not expect 200. Um, I could expect 250 yards, but I'm not going to go with two touchdowns. I'm going to go with one, and hopefully that's to Terry McLaurin and not the tight end. To, not to Logan Thomas. Shout out to Fake Plastic T in the Discord, Carl. You're uh, you're, you're not letting Carl's boy get the get the touchdown this uh, week. Yeah, uh, Logan Thomas is not the tight end touchdown maker. Uh, Terry McLaurin is going to get the... You hear that? Gauntlet has been thrown. All right, next game up. Tennessee at Minnesota. Uh, Tennessee 2-0, Minnesota 0-2, and looking like they're earning every bit of that 0-2 record. Uh, 49-point over-under, Tennessee 2.5-point favorites, which feels very generous to the Vikings after watching them through two games. 
Injuries in this one, um, A.J. Brown, he was still not practicing. Again, another player that, as we're recording this, ruled out for Sunday. Minnesota, Anthony Barr, a very talented defensive player, sent to IR. Um, I think we mentioned that on the bonus as well. So actually, I have a question for you two. Minnesota allows the second most fancy points to wide receivers this season. Is Corey Davis a start now? Oh, I, I wouldn't say he's a start. I would go with, a, is, unless you consider a flex spot a start. And then if that's considered a start, then yes. Let me let me phrase this another way. There's a guy that I know that has C.D. Lamb, Corey Davis, LaVisca Chenault, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Adams, Nikhil Harry. Jesus and it, is Corey Davis a start there? Mm, probably. Um, well, you're talking what, two? It depends. Again, like, are you saying starting over those guys or or? I'm what? asking, do I start Corey Davis or Nikhil Harry? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I'm 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 confused. Sorry. Yeah, do that. <laughs> okay, I was asking for me. That's that. I was being coy about it though. I'm starting. I'm starting Johnny Smith over my God and Savior. Oh, for your your Goddard Savior. Yep. Yeah, this is going to be a huge passing game, I think, for the Vikings. And so, or I mean, sorry, against this Vikings pass defense. But, um, Mike, you want to know if Derrick Henry can still put up a top 12 performance, despite all we're talking about with all the passing that might be happening in this one. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we, we've sort of warned you about Derrick Henry, and he really hasn't been all that great. Uh, in the two weeks, he's finished 16th at running back 16. And a running back 31. Uh, and at this point, he is only a running back 24. Uh, we Now he faces the Minnesota Vikings. Twenty, They allow the 29th attempts, 29th in yards. But they don't allow many points against them. They only allow ninth. So that's where Derrick Henry flourishes uh, scoring touchdowns because he really doesn't do much else. I mean, he does get a lot of yards on the ground, but he's not going to catch any passes or anything like that. So expect a good, maybe a good healthy day of yards, but scoring a touchdown, I don't see it. And without a touchdown, then he's not going to be a top 12 guy. Okay, yeah, touchdowns have been kind of a problem for him, and uh, efficiency has as well. Uh, but he does have, I believe, two, over 200 yards on the season already. So, um, so yeah, but you need those touchdowns to be a top 12 guy, especially with James Robinson going out there scoring two in uh, in week one. You can only fit so many players in the top 12, and sources tell me that it is, in fact, 12. Um, so that's that's a little insight for you guys. And then, you know, <laughs> as, as you mentioned, with his 100-yard game, and th- this is what we're talking about as far as a floor – for players that catch the ball, which Henry doesn't, even with that 100-yard game, he finished as an RB16. Mm-hmm. So it's it, you know, it just he's not he's not not worth the top. It wasn't worth the top 10 pick before the season, and he's not worth the top 10 pick now. Well, in a PPR league, in a half PPR league, I think he's still worth it because he's still jamming through guys, and he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. So. Um, I agree with you, Mike, in a, in a full PPR league. I think that Derrick Henry, uh, people got uh, became victims of um, how good he is on the ground. When so are you, are you saying he will finish as a top 10 running back this season? If he doesn't get hurt, yes. Okay, I'm going to take that bet, and I'm going to tell you he won't. Okay, let me put it. Hold on, I have I have the Google Doc open. I'm going to put it right now. Are you bet. guys going to put a pizza, a pizza on it? Yeah, gonna... pizza. I like that. Oh, okay, we have a pizza bet channel on our Discord. 
Okay, I'm going to put it in the Google Doc. Uh, Mike, not top 10. Derek Henry. Derek Herney. Jeff, top 10. Derek Henry. But, but, All right. Is, is there the caveat sticking around if he doesn't get injured? Yes, if he doesn't get injured. Okay. That's always my caveat. I yeah. get it. I get it out. Mike doesn't feel good about winning those anyways. He tried it. I didn't have that caveat in a bet last year. Mike tried to give me that out. <laughs> I remember. Um, so, um, Evan, talk to us about Kirk Cousins and 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 uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, so I think that Kirk Cousins is due for a bit of a comeback tour. Uh, he, I mean, you can't do worse than he did last week. He got like one fantasy point, but then he was playing. Indianapolis, who is looking more and more like the defense of the year, the defense that people are going to overpay for five bucks next year at the auction table. Uh, they, they have borderline insane potential. Uh, and the Titans, middle of the pack defense. Then they get the Texans, the Seahawks, the Falcons, the Packers, the Lions, who don't care about guarding the pass at all. I think we're going to see some decent ga- games from Minnesota's offense i think people are going to start start picking up justin jefferson and um, i think that this is going to be a mistake because mike can kirk cousins support two wide receivers in fantasy hit no no yeah so if you need to start cousins in a two quarterback league it's okay back up off the ledge i have to start him in our keeper league where the rest of my team is just beyond stacked uh it's okay but don't go overboard it's still a guy who hits his number one wide receiver because his wide receiver has twice as much talent as anyone else on that wideout core. Um, real quick, just a caveat to that. Mike Wax in the Sacramento Boys Fantasy Football League. Um, ignore what Evan said. Continue starting Kirk Cousins against me this week. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the guy I'm going up against this week has Kirk Cousins, and I'm 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 really hoping that he's going to fall on his butt again. So... All right. Okay, but to be clear, I said it's okay to start. Oh, in a one quarterback league? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, okay. Yeah, in a one quarterback league. That's not a good start. Yeah, it's not a good start. It's it's the waiver wire is is dire in this league. Um, But I managed to pick uh, Matt Stafford back up for free after dropping him last week to to big brain the tight end. So I'm very happy that that worked out that, that way. So, all right, next game up Vegas. At New Orleans, not New Orleans, New England. Sorry about that. 47 and a half point over under. New England, six point favorites. Vegas is two and oh. The Patriots are two and one. Evan, let's hear about this song in your heart. Oh, man. The Raiders, you guys. How about my them? Favorite, my favorite team. They're two and oh. Yep. Did you hey. see that Monday night game? I know. I feel so good. Oh, what did I say? I should get an EK. Should I get an EKG because I have a song in my heart? That was. Oh yeah, that was Jokester Evans. Funny thing. Um, still not able to depend on their wide receivers for fantasy production. I don't think that's going to change here. Uh, so don't don't start them. But I'm I'm I would love to watch the game and be proven wrong. I would love to watch the game. And be proven wrong. Although that kind of overlaps with Mike talking about. Really, we're all watching to see if Cam can pull it off again. You know, and yeah. if anything's going to derail the Cam Express. So that's what I'm going to be watching most for. And speaking of things that might derail the Cam Express, uh, the injuries in this game. David Andrews, the center for the uh, Patriots, uh, is 
probably not going to play this weekend. He needs to get surgery on his thumb um, that he snaps the ball with. He tried snapping with the other hand. It wasn't working. So he's probably out this week. Uh, James White probably still out as well. Ruggs, Jacobs, and Waller all didn't practice on Thursday for the Raiders, but they were all rest. And they, so I believe they were all back on Friday uh, to practice. So, Mike, Evan almost stepped on your toes here, but what about these Raiders wide receivers? What are what are we doing with them in fantasy? Um, we'll, we'll just hit real quick on being a center, um, playing center myself. I could tell you if uh, that hand is, is bothering him, he ain't playing. Um, there's no way he's going to be able to snap with that other hand, um, yeah. at least efficiently, especially in pro football. But anyways, to my question, um, the Raiders receivers is a mess. I mean, I, I was kind of surprised by looking at it. So Waller has 24 targets. Jacob has nine. Those are your two target top two targets. Then you hit rugs. Who's going to be out this week. Uh, and then Renfro and then Edwards. So you have Waller and Jacobs uh, at 30, top 33 and uh, total targets. And then you have uh, Ruggs, Renfro, and Edwards at 16. So even if you combine Ruggs, Renfro, and Edwards, you're still not even matching, coming close to what Waller's getting. Mm-hmm. Overall, Ruggs, four receptions, 59 yards. Renfro, five receptions, 58 yards. Edwards, three receptions, 51 yards. None of them have scored a touchdown. And that's where it even gets even crazier. Well, we know one has gone to Waller. The other touchdowns, Aguilar, Ingold, and Zay Jones. So what you're saying is pick up uh, Nelson Aguilar and Zay Jones. You might as well because... Please don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Or you might even get it. You might even get Ingold out there. Oh. Uh, no, no, you you definitely don't want to pick up. Uh, I don't know even if you want to pick up any wide receiver for the Raiders at this point. Um, it's really bad. It is something they need to really clear out. I mean, I know, I guess it's working NFL-wise, but for fantasy football-wise, it's killing us. I would stash rugs still just because that that you know big play potential they could tap into that once he's healthy but as of right now i'm definitely not starting any of them and if i'm in a roster crunch they're probably the first ones to go and look for waller to to suffer a little bit in this week's game uh not only patriots defense but without rugs exposing more room underneath for waller it's going to be a it's going to be tightly knit for for darren waller Mm-hmm. Plus, Bill Belichick, if he has to focus on one thing in this offense, it's Josh Jacobs. If it's two, it's Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. So um, he might be given the uh, given car the wide receivers this week. So might be a good week for the wide receivers, but I still probably wouldn't trust him. <sighs> All right. Deep sigh. Niners, Giants. Niners, one and one. Giants, 0 and two. 41 and a half point over under, which I believe is the, yep, that's, this is the lowest over under on the week. Yikes. Nin, Niners four point favorites. All right, guys. That take, is ridiculously low over under. Yeah, guys, you guys can take the next five minutes off while I do the injury report for the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> These players will not be playing this weekend for the San Francisco 49ers. D Ford, Richard Sherman, Weston Richburg, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Nick Bosa, and Solomon Thomas. And that's 10 players. Uh, it's half of their starters. Um, Akella Witherspoon, uh, 
sucks. He might not play either. He's another starter, but they might get Jason Verrett back for three snaps before he gets hurt as well. Um, for the Giants, Saquon Barkley went to IR, but if you're listening to this, you already knew that. Uh, Sterling Shepard also to IR sounds like a short-term thing for his turf toe. And Devonta Freeman is officially a Giant. So in this game, uh, Evan, you want to know if Jarek McKinnon is going to bell cow, which I did not know was a verb. Oh, I'm making it happen. It's going to be fetch. Um, yeah, uh, that seems to be what people are saying. And he certainly has the skill. But Jeff Wilson Jr., no relation, uh, is there in the wings. Uh, Jeff, what, what do you take What do you make of Jeff? Uh, so Jeff Wilson Jr., I think he is the – I I have Zach Moss. I was going to start Zach Moss. I feel fine flipping it over to Jeff Wilson with Zach Moss out. He's only gotten more than 40% of snaps three times in his career, and um, in two out of the three games he had over 90 yards. He's a banger. Um, he is the better bet to get the bulk of the carries for the 49ers than Jarek McKinnon because, one, the Niners are being very cautious with this MetLife field. And um, Jarek McKinnon, if you forgot that he was in the NFL, is because he got hurt and missed each of the last two seasons. Um, so they're probably going to lean on Jeff Wilson more than Jarek McKinnon. So I would feel comfortable saying that Jeff Wilson ends up somewhere around 65 to 70 yards with a touchdown. Okay. Yeah. So does that mean that McKinnon won't get enough carries to satisfy owners who are depending on him? No, I think that Jarek McKinnon will still get plenty of touches in this backfield. Um, uh, Shanahan loves running two running backs. It was one of the reasons why I wasn't up on Raheem Mostert as a as a RB1 upside guy this year, which I didn't count on him scoring a 70-plus yard or a 50-plus yard touchdown in each of his first two games. So I guess that's on me. I don't know. Um but um, I think they will both get plenty of touches. I think you're both looking at. I think you're looking at somewhere around 15 touches for both of them. Okay. So uh, for the listeners, uh, our usual approach to these, as you can tell, is we want to teach you how to fish by show you how how we're what we're looking for. But every time I try to write for the uh, San Francisco game, I'm just like, why don't I just ask Jeff? Because Jeff studies the Niners so much. I, he's he's been right more often than any else I know about the Niners. So. Thanks, Jeff, for letting me turn the table a little. Well, a lot of that was uh, Twitter letting me delete all my pro Dante Pettis tweets from last summer. <laughs> so, that... <laughs> so, Mike, we got Sterling Shepard out with turf toe. That leaves uh, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, and some guy named Board. Um, and you're trying to figure out which one of these guys might step up in Sterling Shepard's absence. Yeah, and not only that, the 49ers are pretty tough against the, the pass. 16, uh, ranked 16 in, in attempts and fourth in yards and three in touchdowns. And this all coming off of uh, what DeAndre Hopkins did to them. So he, the Jets must have been horrible as, as they were. Um, they were and, they were big bad. They were they were stinky. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I guess I mean, I would pass on all of them. But if you have to go with one. I would probably go with Golden Tate. Uh, he is more of the intermediate threat and uh, has played the slot more than than Shepard has, uh, meaning that in a PPR league, he's probably going to get the most most of the targets that is left by Shepard. So I'd go with Tate, but neither of these guys are are appealing 
Um, even as a flex option, they're not really appealing at this point. You're probably holding on to these guys until, uh, you know, bye weeks or injuries. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, the Giants wide receivers always feel like the type of guys that come on and off of rosters all year long. Like they're all, and then, you know, one to three of them will end up like wide receiver 34 on the year just because of, uh, um, Attrition. I also got the 49. I also got this game to chart. So I'll probably be sending you pictures like, who's this defensive player? <laughs> I have no idea who this guy is. Um, I'm going to tell you, the guy that you're going to say, who is this guy? It is, um, hold on. I, I think I got to get his name again. But there's a guy who I think is going to step up for the 49ers this week without um, Solomon Thomas and without uh, Nick Bosa. But I always get his name wrong. So um, I want to make sure that I get it right. Show some respect. Carrie Hyder. Carrie Hyder. Yeah. I always want to call him Hater, and so I wanted to make sure I got it right. He uh, he played well um, after people got hurt last week. But th- the Niners don't have to worry. They signed Ziggy Anza this week. They signed Deion Jordan. Wow. Woo! Give us all your pass rush busts. Yeah. Wow. We'll take them. All right. Um, next game up. Let's get that taste out of my mouth. Bengals Eagles, the battle of the O and twos. Uh, this is a 46 point over under Philly five and a half point favorites. We're still in the 10 AM games uh, for Cincy. Geno Atkins is out. AJ Green said he's almost back in game shape, which is good because he's been getting a lot of targets, a lot of air yards, but nothing's been happening with them. CJ Uzoma officially hit IR. Um, we pretty much knew that was going to happen already uh, for the Eagles. Alshon is not playing this week. Um, he's not even they're targeting him coming back week five. So not a bad speculative pickup if you got some bench space because uh, Jalen Rieger, the hope, the hope is that he's back after the week nine bye. So Rieger's dead. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is a bust of a pick. There, who, who else is there in the wide receiver core? Are they back to throwing to Greg Ward? I mean, is this what we're looking at with these Eagles? Deshaun Jackson, I guess. Sounds like they need a savior. Who could it be? Who could be their savior? A, a deity, even, to bestow upon them some great receiving numbers. Some sort of godert? Some sort of godert figure. Yes, <laughs> godert like, indeed. Well, you know, okay, did you guys watch um, Game of Thrones? Never I, heard of it. I've only watched the first six episodes. Okay, are you guys familiar with Hodor? I am familiar with Hold the Door. Yes, I do remember yeah. that twist, even though I've never seen it. Yeah. So what? So there's a character who only says Hodor. That's all he says. Hodor. 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 He's a giant, very large man, and he has some problems with his brain because uh, obviously all he says is Hodor, which is his name, so everybody calls him Hodor. We find out later what it is is he got a vision of the future where he dies holding the door. So hold the door, hold the door, hold the door turns into Hodor. Um, I think that's what happened with Dallas Goddard. It started with God on Earth. God on Earth, God on Earth, Goddard, Goddard, and it became Goddard. So that was a long road for a bad joke. Uh, Mike, talk about Carson Wentz while I sit here and stew in the fact that nobody laughed at my joke. <laughs> um, so Carson Wentz, he, he has not been good. Uh, he, he was mediocre against Washington. He was bad against the Rams, and then he has the Bengals. And I I know that that schedule looks promising. I mean, anytime you see the Bengals, you're like, yes. 
Unfortunately, yeah. the Bengals are pretty good against the pass. And uh, just for instance, they're second in attempts against. A set, they only allow the seventh most yards. And they're third against the scoring. So, you know, I, I don't I don't like Carson Wentz this week. If you picked him, you know, wait, you know, sort of as your 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 sort of your starter as your backup, and you've been wondering when he's going to like start moving forward and be sort of the Carson Wentz that we're sort of used to. It's not going to happen this week. Uh, the offensive line um, is bad. Uh, that doesn't help him. And the the biggest missing part of his game is rushing. He's only a lot. He's only ran for nine yards. He's not a running quarterback anymore, and that's just going to even hurt your progress and your points, especially in PPR even more. So, if you're looking towards that Cincinnati schedule and you have Carson Wentz and you're planning on starting Carson Wentz against the Bengals, I wouldn't. I would look in a different direction. Uh, he was on my cut list. I think it's time in one quarterback leagues, you don't need to hold on to a guy like Carson Wentz. So I think uh, he will take another step downward. Evan, let's talk about this Joe Mixon situation. So Joe Mixon's got everybody panicked, only 115 yards four through two games. But Joe Mixon notoriously starts slow. And what what did we expect? Did we expect the Bengals offense with a rookie with no experience to just start humming, especially in the running game? I don't know. Remember, Joe, Nick Mason last year started with six attempts for 10 yards in the first game, 11 oh, yeah. attempts for 17 yards in the second game, then 15 for 60 with 34 passing yards and a touchdown, then 62 rushing, five, wait, one receiving yard on four catches, then he started to get right. He had over 100 yards in the next game. Then he had another horrible game, and then he started to flip out. He started to get multiple touchdowns a game or a lot of carries. So don't don't. First of all, people want to trade him. Don't do that. You're not supposed to sell low. Okay. Yeah. Just just please don't trade him. It's not. Don't do. It's, it's human nature to want to get rid of something that's not performing, but that's not how markets work. That's not how you succeed in the market. But don't. Don't give up. You know, uh, obviously, as Jeff was saying earlier, he's not a must start anymore. He's not a don't sit, sit, sit your stud. But that doesn't mean we're giving up on him. That just means we're waiting for him to get hot and then we can put him back into must start territory, people. It's going to be yeah. all right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where he did this last year. He's going to start off slow. Um, it happens. Um Sometimes some guys have trouble getting their legs under him to start the season. Mike, do you have any input on this Joe Mixon thing? You know, Mixon is going to be the guy that is going to give you a lot of bad weeks and some good weeks, uh, especially with an offensive line that doesn't work. You, you drafted him probably in the second round. You got to keep rolling with him, but it's you don't expect anything. Be happy with the production you get. Yeah, so... Um, Next game up, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next game on this list. It's Houston 0-2, Pittsburgh 2-0, 45-point over-under. Pittsburgh are four-point favorites. And in this one, surprisingly, Will Fuller is absent from the injury report. For now, Duke Johnson likely not playing. Brandon Cooks was questionable, though he's trending towards playing from what I've seen. Uh, Deontay Johnson, who sat this week in practice with some toes, toe problems, was back at practice. Same with Juju Smith-Schuster, who sat out on Wednesday and Thursday, kind of a a vet day. 
um, this week. And um, he it was back at practice today, and he actually posted on Instagram about how everybody should start him in fantasy this week. So, Mike, let's talk about this Pittsburgh passing game and if Deontay Johnson is a flex option. Yeah, I, I think Deontay Johnson, if you have him on your roster, you need to start paying attention to him because uh, at this point right now, and this may surprise a lot of people out there, he has nine more targets than Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, 23 to 14. So Johnson has 23 targets. Smith-Schuster has only 14. He has one more reception than Smith-Schuster and 32 more yards. The only thing that Smith-Schuster has better than Deontay Johnson is touchdowns, two to one. And we know that all both of those touchdowns came in week one. It's still a small sample size, but, he, you know, it's two to one touchdown lead. So even that is close. I say the only the question that you need to ask yourself is, would I start smart, uh, Smith-Schuster? If that answer is yes, then you start Johnson and he should be in your lineup every week, especially in flex. Okay, sounds good. So, um, yeah, it's weird. Deontay Johnson has been getting more targets and everything. And um, I'm wondering if this might be a Juju uh, squeaky wheel game, even though he hasn't been squeaky, um, where Juju finally goes off again and, and reestablishes himself. So, Evan, you wanted to talk about Deshaun Watson. Uh, is he a must start anymore? Yeah, so... Last year, after a slow start, I was on the verge of dropping Dak Prescott. I know, right? And mm-hmm. you two had Crazy. to talk me out of it. Crazy. would do that? You had to talk me out of it, really, because he's the second quarterback in fantasy and uh, won me stakes and a lot of money. Uh, so thank you. So my question is now, Deshaun Watson owners, if they're thinking of not obviously dropping him, but starting someone else after he finished 16th and then 23rd among quarterbacks, that's not that's not that's losing you weeks. Is he uh is he a guy that's still a must start, a top five guy you start no matter what the matchup is, or should you be looking at the waiver wire to, to fill in for if he's playing you know decent defenses? That's a good what question. Because this is what we were worried about happening was that the offense would fall apart without DeAndre Hopkins and the passing game wouldn't be so great. Um, And that's kind of what's coming to pass. It's why, you know, everybody who ranked those rushing quarterbacks put them at the back end of it, you know, as the sixth behind like Kyler Murray or whatnot. Um, Mike, what's your take on this offense? Yeah, it's a mess. It's not... (laughs) You know, I think one of the things that we were really kind of worried about was what effects would DeAndre Hopkins not, uh, without him being there, what it would be like. And I think we're seeing the effects of what not having DeAndre Hopkins in the offense looks like. It's mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't go as far as saying Watson is not a must start anymore, but he is getting very close. Uh, this offense is just not clicking. Um, I don't know if it's that's his cohesiveness. Um, the offensive line is still a problem, but uh, against a team like the Steelers, I wouldn't start him. No, the Steelers. Yeah, this is this is a really good off or defense. Um, Pittsburgh. I would call Pittsburgh a definite beyond a tiebreaker. I think it's one of those teams that you kind of uh, you fear a little bit. Um, Heath Cummings on the CBS podcast likes to talk about. You know, you have your top five or six defenses where they're good matchups and you have the bottom five or six defenses where they're bad matchups. And those are the ones that you really worry about. And they're definitely in that, 
that um, frame where you really worry about them, especially at a position like quarterback that if you if you have a Minshew game, could, it could kill you because a bad quarterback game is like 10 points and a good quarterback game is like 20 points. And that's a huge that's that's essentially like a, um, a uh, you know, a wide receiver three not playing at all that point difference. So I would agree to bench Deshaun Watson for now. I'm not cutting him. That would be crazy, but I would bench Deshaun Watson for now. Would you start? I was say, would you start? Would you start um, Ryan Tannehill against Minnesota's beat up secondary? Yes. Yes. Would you start the other side of the ball? Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. How about Stafford at Arizona? Mm. That's a tough one. All right, so that's the line. We're wait, hold on. No, calls. wait, Evan. I was stopping because if Kenny Galladay plays, I might start. No, I, I mean, but it's, start, it's either Stafford. right before or right after Matthew Stafford. That's that's all, that's what. Because the next yeah. one's Baker Mayfield, and I know we're not starting Baker Mayfield at Washington. Good, good point. What were, what were you gonna say, Mike? Uh, I was just agreeing with Evan being that that's sort of the the breaking line is 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 that it's probably a Matthew Stafford. Um, where we're we're like him and hawing over over what we should do with Watson and, and Stafford. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's um yeah. When I said it depends on if Kenny Galladay plays, I'm like okay that 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 I answered the question as to where the line is because if that's what you're talking about, then then that's kind of where Watson's sitting, not an every week starter. So yeah, all right, yeah. Next one up, it's our first afternoon game, which is kind of weird. Jets and at. The uh, Indianapolis Colts. I almost called them the Pacers. Uh, Jets are 0-2 Pacers. Don't do that. I called Don't them the Pacers. Do that. Don't Jets ever are, call them the Pacers. Jets are ever. 0-2. The I hate the Pacers. The Indianapolis Colts. You're, you're a Knicks fan, and you're calling my Colts the Pacers? This can never happen. Ever. Ever right, in this Mike. world. All right, Mike. I will never, I promise I'll never call them the Pacers. Okay? I'm just going to keep that ammo in my back pocket okay. forever I'm Colts, mad at Mike. Colts 1-1. and 44 and a half point over under the Pacers are 10 and a half point favorites. Mike, what? you're worried about Pacers wide receiver T.Y. What? Hilton. What? <laughs> Let's talk about T.Y. Hilton. This is a great I'm question. I'm going to rage quit this episode right here. <laughs> but no, you get to talk about how T.Y. Hilton isn't good. Isn't that what you want to do? Yeah, that, that, that was what I was. That, yeah, I'm glad you led to that even. Thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. No, I was looking at T.Y. Hilton this week. This is a great question. I wanted some insight from you, so I'm glad you put it into the uh, the show doc. So let's talk about T.Y. Hilton this season. You're right, and uh, it, this is a great matchup for him. He has not been good this season. He, uh, he caught four passes for 53 yards against the Jaguars and then a three for 28 against the Vikings. Uh, what's What's been hurting him, I think he has at least three or four drops, even though it's not registered. Because I looked over the drop list uh, before we came on, and he only is registered for one drop. I'm going to directly attend three three or more drops towards him because he should have caught those passes. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we talk about, the Jets are, are a team we, that Hilton should exploit. Uh, he should turn things around, and if he doesn't, uh, I... It's it's a bad bad situation for T.Y. Hilton owners. Um, I think I think even if he does exploit the Jets, you might want to think about trading him, using that as a springboard game um, going upward for T.Y. Hilton because I just think he's going to be very limited in this offense. And if he goes off against the Jets, you can use that to get some some needed help in in your lineup. 
Yeah, and then uh, if he goes off this week, yeah, I would move him because next week is the Bears. So it's not yeah. going to be a good matchup for him again um, with Chicago. So um, same team, uh, different uh, aspect of the game. Evan wants to know if this is the Jonathan Taylor flip-out game. Yeah, the over-under for this game is 44.5, which tells me that Vegas thinks that Indianapolis' offense will score 44 or 45 points because <laughs> – the Jets are just gonna. Run. The Jets are a log, and they're going into the sawmill that is the Indianapolis defense. Like I said, they're they're approaching monster territory, and so Indianapolis is just going to want to run the clock. And Jonathan Taylor, I've seen predicted uh, to be top five running back this game. I think that people who are trading for him are going to be rewarded. I think the people who are trading him are going to be very sorry. I think this is where people, he starts entering the, hey, some weeks he's a high-end RB1 conversation. So I'll definitely want to watch to see if that happens against uh, the New York Jets. Call me call me Joe Namath because I couldn't care less about the Jets right now. Wowza. Are you going to kiss Susie Colbert? Uh, <laughs> talk, talk to me. No, no, I will not sexually assault Susie Colbert. Uh, Talk to me when Gase is fired. Then I'll be all in. Yeah, Gase is really bringing this team down. Kind of like uh, all the players on Miami that got held down by by Adam Gase for two years, and um, now they're flourishing. Just just imagine how good the Jets are going to be next year with uh, Trevor Lawrence under center instead of Sam Darnold. I know Adam Gase. Trevor Lawrence and Eric Bieniemy. Am I calling my shot? I think I'm calling my shot. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, that's a good call right there, too. There you go. All right. I said it right now. Go run out and make bets. I don't know if there's a bet that you could parlay. I guess you could parlay a Sam Darnold or a Trevor Lawrence uh, to the Jets and a uh, Eric Bieniemy to the Jets bet. But I think that's a a call that I just pulled out of my butt that I actually really like. All right. Um, I did not do injuries for that game, so let me uh, double back. Jameson Crowder is out. Rashad Perriman is probably out. Um, don't, don't think you should try to start Chris Hogan or Braxton Berrios or Josh Malone, um, or even, um, Chris Herndon because, uh, Adam Gase is too stupid to use his players properly. Uh, for the Colts, Jack Doyle is questionable and Paris Campbell is out indefinitely, um, tore up his knee. Um, but not already being, not already being out for the year is actually a good thing. I think for Paris Campbell, uh, leaves some hope open because we saw the apocalypse this weekend and a lot of bad things happen and just out indefinitely maybe we'll see paris campbell back this year he's had a rough first couple years of his career all right next one up it's another afternoon game tampa bay at denver i'd say 43 point over under tampa bay six point favorites um injuries in this one um we're not gonna do carolina and chargers yeah i was gonna say i skipped over carolina and the chargers my bad. Carolina 0 and 2. Chargers 1 and 1. Uh, Chargers uh, six and a half point favorites. 43 and a half point over under. I panicked because I looked down at this and my next notes were for Carolina and the Chargers. So that's why I knew I screwed up. All right. CMC is out this week. Four to six weeks is the timetable with his ankle injury. He is on IR. One thing. Going to stop right here. Was this an hour and 40 minutes into the podcast? Yahoo has IR slots for default as default now. Remember to use them. I see rosters in my league not using their IR slots because they're not used to having them. Use your IR slots. A guy that's listed as out for the week, you can put in the IR slot. Christian McCaffrey is on IR. You can use them. Use your IR slots. Um, Curtis Samuel. Uh, you can't do that on Sleeper. Really? Yeah, he has to be on IR. Uh, Kevin and I were talking about this morning. 
It's a weird distinction, yeah. That is a weird distinction, and it's probably to prevent um, abuse um, and also to prevent gumming up uh, waivers because one thing I found with using IR this year is a guy will get out for a week, and then the next week, because there's no injury report, he has no injury designation, and so you have to drop somebody on your roster, put him back on your active roster, make the free agency and waiver wire moves, and then when he gets to uh, noted as out again, then you put him back on the IR slot. I'm talking to you, George Kittle. <laughs> I had to do that this week. Um, for the Chargers, uh, Justin Jackson is still out. And no weird injuries uh, happened last week. Everybody's lungs are fine um, for the Chargers. Nobody got popped uh, with a needle. Um, no, if you didn't hear, Tyrod Taylor, the reason that Justin Herbert started last week was the Chargers team doctor accidentally pump- punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung with a needle while he was giving him, a, a, I think it was a cortisone injection. And um, he collapsed. He has. He got a collapsed lung. So um, I feel really sad about that. He, he he pretty much lost his job. The whole he will have his job when he comes back thing from Anthony Lynn makes a lot more sense now. Anthony Lynn's a player's coach. He, I don't think it sits right with him for Tyrod Taylor to lose his job because the team doctor collapsed his lung. I feel a lot better now. Thank you. Yeah, and um, but I don't know when he's playing again. I mean, he, he has a collapsed lung. That's going to be, that's a lot to recover from. I mean, it, it, if you think about it being, you know, a few months to recover from that, that's pretty much the end of the season for Tyrod Taylor. So I feel uh, a lot worse now. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That sucks for Tyrod Taylor. Um, and, uh, hopefully he sues and gets lots of money. All right. So for this one, Mike, you wanted to know if Josh Kelly is going to outscore Austin Eckler. And I'm going to tell you, Three answers, and I'm yes, no, and maybe. I like those answers, uh, and and you're, those actually could be pretty correct because if we look at the last couple weeks, uh, week one and week two, Josh Kelly finished as 18th running back, and Eckler finished as a 27th, and then week two, Kelly was the 22nd um, running back, while Eckler was the 16th. So they flip-flop weeks. Um, if you tally their points, uh, Kelly has 23.5 on the year, and Eckler has 24. Uh, it, it is a very tight race so far after two weeks. Carolina's defense is soft, as we know, um, and especially when it comes to points allowed. They're the last team. Uh, so that you, I think you expect a lot of points from either one of these guys. I like Kelly down down near the goal line. He seems like he's going to be the guy that they're going to lean on as, as it gets close to the goal line. And I, by the fact that Carolina's defense is so soft and by allowing points, I would actually start Joshua Kelly over Eckler uh, this week. So I expect uh, Kelly to get more points than Eckler, but you know I, I I'm sure that's not going to happen. I'm sure everybody who's drafted Eckler is thinking I'm crazy right now and it's going to start Eckler, but hey, that's what I would do. Yeah, and the reason I said yes, no, maybe is because yes, uh, non-PPR, no PPR, maybe half PPR is my answer. <laughs> okay, you can definitely go that direction as well. Yeah, that's that's my idea because Josh Kelly doesn't catch passes, but Eckler does. So, um, Evan, in this one, you are checking to see um, if there's a fantasy narrative from Carolina's offense, or if it'll just be a mess. Basically, can we learn anything from Carolina this week? Is it worth looking at them? 
Yeah, you know, it's real, real common and tempting to talk yourself into a narrative in fantasy to try to project the future and predict the future. You know, hey, with Christian McCaffrey out, that means it's Mike Davis's time to shine. Hey, they're going to have to rely on the passing game more. Better fire up your DJ Moores and Robbie Anderson when a lot of times it comes out there and there's no fantasy narrative whatsoever. They pass it like nine times and run it like 15 and, mm-hmm. and, and then go home and nobody finishes with more than five fantasy points, you know? So you got to watch out for that. So I suspect that that's what's going to happen tomorrow. There's anyone starting any Panther is going to be moderately unhappy, but still have an okay floor. But yeah, I don't think any of these players are going to break out, you know? And I think, I think me saying that, I don't think Mike Davis is going to break out. I feel like I I can retire saying that by now. Wow. Mike Davis isn't going to break out, huh? In a bad matchup. And he's still Mike Davis. Every Uh year we have to deal with this telling people about Mike Davis. I liked how you put it earlier, you know, don't spend waiver wire money on him. That doesn't mean he can't fill a hole for the week, phrasing. But, uh, you know, it's it's not verboten to talk about starting him this week. But don't be blowing fab or expecting Mike Davis is not a good football player, people. Don't, yeah, what? don't go out of your way. Don't go out of your way is basically what it is. And remember the, 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 the tripod I told you about earlier. Talent, opportunity, and offense. Is this a good offense without Christian McCaffrey? Probably not. Is Mike Davis a good player? Probably not. Will he get a lot of opportunity? Probably. It could be. What if What if uh, all this hoopla about Mike Davis and then right out there off the bat, it's Reggie Bonifon and everybody pulls out their hair and goes insane. Or it's uh, I think it's Trent Cannon is the other running back there who gets yeah. all the passing downs work. Pharaoh Cooper coming out party. There you go. Pharaoh Cooper. All right. Um, so next game up now, I was so excited to talk about Tampa Bay and Denver that I skipped over the Carolina chargers game. So now we get to talk about Tampa Bay, Denver, Tampa Bay, one and one Denver. Oh, and two 43 point over under Tampa Bay, six point favorites. Um, notes in this one, Justin Watson is probably out. Uh, Philip Lindsay was back at practice, but he has, I believe, been ruled out. Uh, Jerry Judy is banged up with some ribs issues. Uh, Cortland Sutton to the IR. Drew Locke was already ruled out for this week. Um, I did not see any sort of update with him. He's just sort of in a holding pattern. Um, but the Denver Broncos, guys, did you, see, or did you see who they signed? Franchise savior. If I could save time in a Bortles. Blake. Bortles, baby, is a Denver Bronco. He's back in our lives. All right. So for Tampa Bay, Justin Watson out. Um, Chris Godwin cleared protocol on Monday. Um, Rob Gronkowski has been targeted on four of 42 passing routes. Not an injury, but he's still owned in over 60% of Yahoo leagues. So I need to track down every uh, an owner in 60% of Yahoo leagues and tell them to drop him. And uh, Bruce Arians this week, uh, he joined the narrative of Bruce Arians hates tight ends. He said, well, this offense isn't designed to pass the ball to tight ends. So he's on that train as well that he hates tight ends. So there is that. So in this game, um, Mike, you wanted to know while we're talking about Tampa Bay, is this a Leonard Fournette backfield now? Because this is probably the thing to watch in this game. Yeah, it is definitely probably the most exciting part about um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers outside of, you know, Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin. But, uh, yeah, you know, in, in week one, Leonard Fournette carried the ball five times and got five yards, where Ronald Jones got 
17 carries for 66 yards against the Saints. And then last week, we saw a, a near flip where Leonard Fournette got 12 carries for 103, while Ronald Jones got seven carries for 23 yards. So you could see the progression switching. Uh, I think it's going to be like what we saw in the New Orleans game, but flipped, where Fournette gets 17 carries and Ronald Jones gets five. Uh, You know, this isn't a Ronald Jones-Peyton Barber where both of them are kind of average to bad. Leonard Fournette is, uh, you know, a very good running back, and he can catch the ball. So as far as Ronald Jones is considered, I I, I, don't, I don't think he's even roster rule anymore. Um, I would hold on to him until we, we see an absolute flip. If he does, if Arians decides to still do, a, you know, a sort of a 50-50 kind of thing, then you're going to want to hold on to Ronald Jones. But if Leonard Fournette starts getting, you know, 17, 15 to 20 carries, then Ronald Jones becomes a zero you could drop him. Uh, right now, he's on the verge of droppable. So if you want to look for roster spots, if you own Ronald Jones, look to get rid of him. Okay. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's that's a possibility that this is actionable information, that we shouldn't have uh, Ronald Jones on our roster anymore, and this is kind of what we're looking for. Um, Mike's given me a short list for guys to look out for on my cut list on Tuesday. T.Y. Hilton, Ronald Jones, uh, I'm eyeballing you. I got my eyes on you. All right, Evan, is Noah Fant going to be a top six tight end the rest of the way? Okay, Noah Fant. Touchdown each of his first two games. Great player. One of Jeff's biggest sleepers in the offseason. Yahoo currently has him projected to finish as only the 12th highest tight end. Record scratches. Everyone in the saloon looks up. Uh, Yeah. Tampa Bay... Will stop the run. That's what they do best in the league. Jerry Judy is game time decision. Deshaun Hamilton ain't nothing but a thing. They don't have a quarterback. They need a safety valve. No offense, I think, will put up a great numbers. And I'm thinking, I would not be surprised if he's a top six quarterback rest of season, the way that well, Denver's been, been all banged up. Evan, I'm going to push back on you. Tight because, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Rocky hoping Sean Watson for all the Noah fans. I was going to say, yeah, Mike, that's what I was going to say. Is I'm going to, I was just like, I'm going to push back on you that he's going to be a top ten uh, uh, quarterback the rest of the way because I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're Evan. one injury away from trotting out somebody who's not well, a quarterback. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. That's true. Basha, actually, that's correct. And by somebody that's not a quarterback, I mean Blake Bortles. Got him. Got him. You know, the one thing about Noah Fant that that frustrates me is if he should change that A to an O and he'd be Font. And then you could ask him, (laughs) Noah Font? Noah Font? What's his... uh... Untaken. Ah, there you go. That was written by one of our writers, Brian Sklar. That's no way mine. All right. This is what you do, Evan. You take the credit. You take the credit. No, that's then, not what we we no, that's not what we just as, is joking. We do and the then if, if Brian uh hears about it, then you go, Oh my bad, I'm sorry, I forgot where I heard that. I'm just joshing. All right, next game up. Detroit, 0 and two. Arizona, two and 0. 55 and a half point over under. Arizona, five and a half point favorites. Uh Evan's question is Galladay, which we don't know. Um he's Holy. been limited. 
Um, it looks like he's trending towards his debut, but we don't know. Uh, Christian Kirk has been ruled out, and Max Williams has been put on IR. So, Evan, you want to talk about your you you have had sort of a delayed start to your love for Kenny Galladay this year. Yeah, you know all my other all my other we did our episode where we planted our rep we staked our reputation on four players, and my players were Josh Allen, Kareem Hunt, Dallas Goddard, and Kenny Galladay. And I want I want well Goddard kind of hiccuped last week, but he got eight targets. I want I want to hit the grand slam here. Uh, I have him in leagues, and I, I I'm having trouble because even if he's limited in practice. And might be playing injured. It's like I've had this sports car in my garage for two weeks getting worked on by mechanics. And they're like, I don't know, you can probably get it up to fourth gear. And I'm like, oh, I want to drive it. I want to drive it. It's oh. So I'm having trouble being objective about whether I should leave him in the garage one more week. So that's what I'm going to be watching to see if he does play, what he looks like. Yeah, uh, Evan, I know exactly how you feel because earlier this week I pre-ordered the Xbox Series X and I've just been looking at my pre-order email. I'm like, I can't do anything with this. I want this to st- I, I want this to be here so that I can play with it. I want to play with my toy. And that's kind of how you feel about Kenny Galladay. You're just like, uh, hopefully I get to play with him soon because the, uh, the joy of just having him is starting to wear off. So. Yep. Yep. So, Mike, on this one, you wanted to know uh, which running back is trustworthy in Detroit. I think I know who's going to be good this week, but I don't know if your question gets answered. That's the problem. Yeah. And speaking of which, um, I have a quarterback uh, question for you, for you, too. Should I start Joe Burrow or Matthew Stafford? Oh, boy. Um, who's Who's Cincinnati? Oh, against Philadelphia. I think that Cincinnati is going to be playing from a from from with the lead, and I think that uh, Detroit is going to be playing from behind. I think Evan is right. I think Matthew Stafford is going to throw like forty-five times. So go with the staff. I would go with the. I would get a staff infection if uh, Kenny Galladay is playing. Gotcha. Okay. But that's the hard part because since he plays at ten, and we won't we won't know. Well, actually, usually we get inklings that morning if a player is definitely out we get an idea so we'll we'll probably know about kenny galladay um before the start and you can make that switch um but uh on this one um yeah mike you want to talk about running backs in detroit yeah so you know the detroit running backs are, are very confusing i mean we have deandre swift who's not getting a lot of carries but getting a lot of targets and you have adrian peterson Who's old as dirt is getting, you know, a lot of rushing attempts, but no receiving targets. And then you throw in carry on Johnson. who seems like he's getting touchdowns and nobody else is getting the other touchdowns. It's a rotating backfield. You know, I, I, I don't think that any one of these guys right now is trustworthy. If you have to go with one of the three, and I don't even know why you don't all three, but let's just say you do. Uh, PPR league, I, I think DeAndre Swift is probably your better bet. But right now, I, I think you bench all three of them. Ah, see, I think DeAndre Swift has a touchdown this week. I think he gets four catches and a touchdown. That is um, just based on how I've seen uh, the teams attack 
uh, Arizona so far this year. The 49ers, their two touchdowns were passing touchdowns to their running backs. And uh, last week uh, with Washington, they they threw the ball a bit, or Washington did, to their running back. So I think that this is going to be a DeAndre Swift game because he's kind of emerging as the pass-catching back. So I think four catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown. That's what I think will happen. Well, with, if you uh, get that, then you absolutely start DeAndre Swift, at least at a flex position. There you go. Mike saying start DeAndre Swift. He finds him to be trustworthy. I'm flexing him in my big money league, HPPR. Good luck. God bless. I don't need much, honestly. My team's stacked. Well, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. Definitely not looking at the the rotten corpses of all my fantasy teams and getting upset with you a little bit for talking about how your team is fine and you don't need much. How's the Ryder auction going for you, Jeff? Uh, I scored, I think, like 60 points last week. So you're probably just a tad worse than than mine. (laughs) I won in week one. I don't know how that happened. You but, got Wally's number somehow with <laughs> fast quarterbacks flipping out against him. That's true. That's what I had to do. I beat him in the finals last year uh, and beat him in the first week this year. And oh, look at that. I started Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, nope. Yeah, I started Ryan Fitzpatrick in this league. You're predicted to win this week. And do you know who your opponent is? Uh, who's that? Jeff. Oh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Pat- oh, Jeff Pat- Pascal. No? Yeah. Nice. Oh, he started Gardner Minshew. Off to a great Oof. start. Off to a great start. All right. Um, next, speaking of teams off to a great start, Seattle is somehow 2-0, and despite being the worst defense in the history of football. Dallas is 1-1, 56-point over-under. Seattle, four-and-a-half-point favorites. No injuries to speak of for uh, Dallas in this one. Um, for Seattle, Marquise Blair and K.J. Wright won't play. Um, K.J. Wright uh, with a um, an ACL and Marquise Blair with an Achilles. Um, so the worst defense uh in the history of the universe is going to get worse and uh evan do we start everyone start all start all seahawks start all cowboys i mean it worked last week it seems to work every week with dallas except for and mike will touch on this so i'm not going to go into it the only question i can think of you know people are like should i start tyler people have asked should i start tyler lockett and dk metcalf together is that okay yes this i like team this is on game. i like fire. This russell wilson on. can throw it anywhere at any time that's fine should i start two cowboys receivers gallup and uh oh my gosh cooper no not not gallup cooper and cd lamb yes go ahead and trot them out trot out your well i guess everyone's trying out the running backs but yeah uh the only question and mike i'm sure i'm gonna throw it to you right now because this is what everyone's wondering michael gallup yeah i would i had notes down for michael gallup because of what he's been doing. But Mike, take it away. What is going on with Michael Gallup? Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty bad. Uh, he's really been playing second fiddle to C.D. Lamb. Uh, Lamb, 11 receptions, 165 yards in the two weeks, comparable to Michael Gallup, who's only gotten five receptions for 108 yards. Even Dalton Schultz, Ezekiel Elliott are getting more volume. What's even worse is Tony Pollard has only two less receptions than Michael Gallup does. Uh, So Tony Pollard has three receptions. Michael Gallup has five. So it's just not been something that they've been targeting. He's completely been the forgotten man on this team. But I think that with his talent, and as we mentioned how bad Seattle Seahawks offense is going to be, 
there's no way you just continuously let someone like Michael Gallup just disappear. Um, squeaky will maybe, but it's still one of those situations where if I think if any of the week's going to be the week, it's going to be this week. I, I think Michael Gallup is going to be the first fiddle to CD lamb. Uh, if it's not, then Michael Gallup, here you go, Jeff can be on your cut list. He's close. And here's the problem with that is I'm telling everybody who says blank or CD lamb saying CD lamb, you know, any player in CD lamb, I'm saying CD lamb. If you have that question, I think he's going to ball out this week. I think this is his, 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 uh, his welcome to the league game. Cause he's been kind of simmering under the surface for as good as he's played in the first couple games. But if he smashes this for like 125 and two touchdowns, which he could, then Hello, C.D. Lamb, and goodbye, Michael Gallup. So, Mike, I'm definitely with you as this is something to look at, especially because um, Michael Gallup was a guy. He's a guy that I like. There's just they're just not targeting him. He had five yeah. targets last week. He's a totally talented wide receiver, uh, and for him not to get the play that he's getting is kind of mind-boggling a little bit. But there's only so long you can say, okay, is this sort of what? a fluke kind of thing. And after first two weeks, you could say, okay, well maybe it's just sort of them getting the rookie involved and getting him motivated. And once that's done, then we'll move over to Michael Gallup and we'll, we'll sort of flatten out the, the play calling. So Cooper and Gallup and CD lamb could all eat volume off each other, or it could be just the way they've decided that this is the setup. Uh, it's going to be, you know, CD lamb and Amari Cooper as two receivers. And then, Hopefully Dak Prescott can find something open for Michael Gallup. And if you're just searching for something to be open with Michael Gallup, then you're not going to get the targets. And therefore, without the targets, there's no points. And if there's no points, there's no point of him being on your roster. Yeah, there it is. Um, you, you, opportunity is part of the, uh, the triad for a reason. And um, he does still have the other two. He has a talent and a good offense. So I'm not itching to drop him, but it might be um, just something you end up having to do um, out of necessity. If there's an, if this week is anything like last week, then we're going to have some serious problems with, uh, with roster crunches um, going forward. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to Sunday night football. Uh, Sunday night football this week is – we actually have two great primetime games this week for Sunday and Monday night football. Green Bay at New Orleans. Green Bay 2-0. and New Orleans 1-1. One and one. Um, 52 and a half point over under New Orleans, three point favorites. And um, Mike, you want to know if you were wrong about Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. So if we go back to where we're doing our, our uh, tiers on quarterbacks, I said, Aaron Rodgers is probably anywhere between a QB 17 and a QB 20. Uh, after week one, clear mistake. Uh, he had 34 and a half points against the Minnesota Vikings and it was like, oh, my goodness, you know, the Hall of Famer is not going to suffer because he's not going to be getting rushing yards. He's an absolute stud and everything else. And then a week two hit and he was 17th uh, with only 21 and a half points against a really bad defense in the Detroit Lions. Right now, after two weeks, he is ninth. So I am wrong at this point. Uh, but um I, I could see more of a week two results going forward in this season, uh, especially if they don't have Devontae Adams. But I'll tell you what, 
um, as long as Devontae Adams is out, and if he is out this week, I won't hold anything against Aaron Rodgers. So he'll have a pass as far as points goes. But with Devontae Adams, I'm going to keep track. And we will see by the end of the year if I was right about him being a quarterback 17 or 19 or completely wrong. Okay. Yeah. And I think he heard, heard you after we, before week one. And that was, uh, that was what motivated him in the first week. He's like, I'll show I'll show Mike. I'm glad I could be that for him. I, yeah. I really am. That's honorable. Yes. There you go. And so, um, I didn't say the injuries in this one. Uh, Michael Thomas, probably not going to play. Uh, Devonte Adams is a true game time decision. And I'm going to squeeze a question in there because what do we do with Devontae Adams? It's Sunday night football. We probably won't know till Sunday night football, you know, till 30 minutes or 90 minutes beforehand if he's playing. I have Devontae Adams in a league, and guys, I'm not worried about it. This league lets you do late ad drops, and the, look at all the potential options. If you put Devontae Adams into a flex, you have all these potential options in your league as as pivot points, you know, if he doesn't if he doesn't play. Miles Boykin actually hasn't been bad in PPR so far this season. 4% owned. He can get you some points. The Chiefs wide receivers, thir- uh, 1% owned and 31% owned. They'll get you some points. Traquan Smith is only 22% owned. And we saw what he did last week without Michael Thomas. MVS, 40% owned. Alan Lazard, 46% owned. Jamal Williams, 10% owned. Jamal Williams had four catches and 41 yards in week one. And last week he had uh, eight rushes for, for 63 yards. So he's getting points. So he is involved. Um, Aaron Jones is the man right now. He's killing it. He's crushing everything in his path. But Jamal Williams is still getting work. So there are pivot points here. So that is something you got to take into account if you own Devontae Adams, which is if you are in a league, which Yahoo by default, you can do this and you can drop a bench player. You don't have to panic about deciding if you have to start Devontae Adams yet. You don't even have to decide Sunday afternoon. You can wait until the injury report comes out for the Sunday night game. And if he's playing, you 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 play him. Don't think, oh, what if he's a decoy? He's the best wide receiver going right now. So uh, we'll see um, how that goes. But I just need to get that in there. Evan, let's talk about Drew Brees. Yeah, Drew Brees has been getting people kind of disappointed. You know, we in the preseason we're like, oh, Emmanuel Sanders, good sleeper. Maybe this is the year Traquan breaks out. And then... Game one, no wide receiver has over 17 yards. Then yeah. game two, uh, Traquan had a decent game, but no other wide receiver. If you started the wide receivers, you got hurt. Your team was hurting. So I'm like, is Drew Brees able to support a fantasy roster, or is it just all Michael Thomas all the time? And I'm hoping things even out here against a Seattle def- – wait, not Seattle – against a Green Bay defense that's – all right, but still the over-under is 52 and a half. If it's going to happen, it's gonna ha- it has to happen this game, or we're looking into drop-list territory, in my opinion. It's not my article. For who's that? For Emmanuel Sanders? Emmanuel Sanders, maybe even Traquan. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a rough go. We'll see how this goes, because Drew Brees ain't look like Drew Brees through uh, two games. No. I don't know why I said ain't there. I never say ain't. All right, boys, are you ready for the... Uh, uh, AFC Championship game preview on Monday Night Football. Kansas City 2-0, Baltimore 2-0, 54.5 point over under, Baltimore 3.5 point favorites. Uh, Sammy 
I almost called him Sammy Concussion. Sammy Watkins is in concussion protocol. Um, and for Baltimore, no real injuries to report for this one. Um, so, Evan, you want to know if uh, Mahomes should fear Baltimore's D? First of all, one, phrasing. Two, continue. Uh, yeah, so Baltimore is being universally benched from what I've seen this week because even though they're the number two most drafted, sorry, number two highest drafted defense in the offseason in fantasy, they are playing Kansas City. So I want to know, well, is there room for Obviously, Mahomes' offense is going to flip out. That's what they do. But is there also room, like there was with Houston last week for Baltimore's defense, for them to also get some points in there? Or should you be rostering two defenses, which feels wrong? I'm doing it in like three leagues. So that's what I want to know. Like, can fantasy defenses produce when going against the best of the best if the defense themselves is the best of the best? Um, Evan, I wouldn't count on it. That's my answer to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not counting on it, but I'm hoping. You're be hoping? Nice to get consist- I, I'm hoping for consistency at defense, says it all, really, as to how optimistic I am that this is going to happen. You got spoiled last season by your $1 Patriots. That doesn't happen, everybody. Okay. Some no, of us have to scrape I know. and scratch. Are, I, I sit at the auction value and I, I table and I watch people pay five bucks for a team every year that then is middle of the pack. It's happened every year. And sadly, it'll probably happen this year because this year's $5 hotness was uh, was struck by lightning. The 49ers, yep. I think the, the $1 team uh, is the Colts this year. Yeah. They were my them and Tampa Bay were my boy were my teams before the season and uh, the Colts are are doing pretty well. So we're gonna get to that 49ers team again after the um after we go over Mike's question because I forgot we got a question from our Discord about them. So we'll finish up uh, talking about week three with those guys before we get into the uh, the DFS. But Mike, you want to know which running back is trustworthy there in Baltimore? Yeah, and we're sort of looking at the same thing as Detroit uh, with with their three-headed monster. The Ravens have maybe even a four-headed monster uh, if you count Lamar Jackson involved in this running game. So Mark Ingram on the year right now has 19 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is definitely used in a lesser role. Nine carries, 70 yards, but he had those two touchdowns in week one. And then Gus Edwards is right right behind Mark Ingram, which really should not be the case, but it is the case, with 14 receptions, uh, 14 receptions, 14 carries for 90 yards. So Mark Ingram leads the team with 19 attempts. Then second is Gus Edwards at 14, and then J.K. Dobbins at nine. Uh, game splits uh, are really interesting. Ingram with 10 for 29, Dobbins seven for 22, and Edwards for four for 17. And then in week 10, we really saw them mashed together. Ingram with nine attempts, Edwards with 10. He had more attempts than Ingram. And then Dobbins with just two. So Dobbins is not getting the play in this. He's not getting the action in this, mostly because probably he's he's a rookie. Um, I still say you hang on to him, but I think as long as Mark Edwards and Gus, I mean, Mark Edwards, yeah, that's what it is. Mark Ingram and <laughs> Gus Edwards are there. It's going to be a really tight fit for J.K. Dobbins to get involved in this offense, especially when you throw in a running quarterback, Lamar Jackson. 
you know, I just I don't think you can trust anyone at this point. Uh, just as like you really couldn't trust anyone from Detroit. I don't think you can trust anyone in Baltimore either. Yeah, it's going to be a rough go to feel good about slotting anybody in Baltimore into your uh, well, any running backs in Baltimore into your starting lineup right now. So, I mean, my list, the guy I almost listed was Gus Edwards when I was listing off all the players that you could pivot to. And then I was like, nah, probably not Gus Edwards, even though he got a lot of touches last week because that was mostly garbage time. So, all right, before we move on to DFS, let's um, loop back around because I missed the question uh, from SH Malcolm in the Discord. Um, What do we do with the 49ers DST? Um, We drafted them as one of the best. And um, without Nick Bosa, they're not going to be that. Um, without Solomon Thomas, they're not going to be that. Um, my take on it is hang on to the 49ers for now. They have the Giants this week. They have the Eagles next week. And then they have Miami. Three games at the 49ers DST. If they were on the waiver wire, they would be a recommended pickup for you. No, I mean, it's it, a marginal defense should be a pickup for you against these three teams. So my take is hang on to the Niners for now, but they're no longer that upper echelon, that $5 that you paid for them. But at this point, it doesn't matter what you paid for them. It, all that matters is what they do. So what do you guys think? Uh, where do the 49ers slot in? They were one of the best DSTs in preseason, and now are they, they're they just they're just streamers, right? That's all I can see them as at this point. It doesn't help that they play in a division with some of the most potent offenses in the league. Yeah, there's a reason that I stopped at um, at the Miami matchup. So with the 49ers, after they get Miami, I believe it's the Rams and then the Seahawks. Don't quote me on that. Rams, Patriots, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Rams, Bills after that. I don't know if, I mean, I wouldn't feel good about starting the regular, the the full strength 49ers defense against that offensive gauntlet. All right. So what about this? After that softball, that cupcake schedule you mentioned, try to trade them. Someone who wasn't yeah. paying as much attention or for, has a short memory. Use them as a kicker, not as a the, the don't don't try to put them in the case lot in your lineup. <laughs> I'm saying use them as a, the kicker in a trade. Like, hey, I'll trade you player X for for player Y and the 49ers defense, and you can you know look how well they've done this year. Because that Rams, Patriots, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Rams, Bills, that's going to be that's a seven week mess that you're going to have to deal with. That's um that goes from mid-october to early december so um yeah i'm getting rid of the 49ers after that this next three game stretch if i can help it but i also don't own the 49ers anywhere because i don't pay for defenses that's one of my uh my philosophies and you can see exactly why i don't pay for defenses so all right boys week three i say you go out and get the colts colts are great let's see where the colts are sitting in in roster ship right now I bet you they're not very high. Oh, probably shouldn't check my IDP. Probably shouldn't be on my IDP league because um, the Colts are zero percent. They don't. They don't uh, register. Indianapolis, come on, Indian. There we go. Indianapolis are ninety percent rostered, Mike. Really? Yowza! I own them in three of my four leagues with DSTs. Okay. Well, never mind then. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. All right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to FanDuel. So, Mike, how did we do in FanDuel last week? We all sucked. Yeah, it was bad. I saw how many points I scored, and I was shocked that you guys uh, didn't beat me by 40. Yeah, yeah, it was that bad, actually. So, uh, I took first place with 109 
107.8 points. Evan took second place again with a 107.9. The real big killer for Evan is that his defense, uh, no, I'm sorry, it was Benny Snell. Benny Snell got Evan a negative 1.4. Without that, he would have won. So, literally, literally any other player in that slot. Any other player would have <laughs> victory. Um, and then Jeff will never mind. Um, so Chris, wait, wait, hold on. Chris Herndon, you're dead to me. Will Fuller, this is the first and last time I stick my neck out for you, Will Fuller. I stick my neck out for you. I start you. You blow it. Devontae Adams, you're killing me. I still love you, baby. It's okay. Um, Derrick Henry, killing me. Uh, you're, you're dead to me. Dak Prescott, you're dead to me. All right, continue. So, yeah, that was pretty much the the week two wrap-up. Um, I'm right ripping now, at your heels, Mike. Less than four points week one, less than two points week two. I'm catching you. Evan is, is very close. It's, it's a definitely a two-person race uh, overall. Hey, hey I'm, I'm, I'm getting you guys right where I want you. Yeah, yeah Jeff, Jeff is, is threatening with words. So um, that that's something. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's right now. It's way too early, but Mike has the lead, and then Evan is close behind him. And Jeff, I don't know. Uh, whatever just, whatever you're doing isn't working. Check out my weekly uh, FanDuel article on uh, footballabsurdity.com for more tips like uh, how to score 88 fantasy points um, in a week. So, all right, let's go ahead and turn the page. We'll We'll go over our lineups for this week. I'm going to go first. Like I said, um, Dak Prescott is dead to me. So my starting quarterback this week is Dak Prescott. <laughs> Dallas, <laughs> Dallas at Seattle. Can't turn down that matchup. I'm pairing him with CeeDee Lamb. That's my stack this week is Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb. Uh, not too expensive on CeeDee Lamb. Uh, then I'm going Miles Sanders uh, against Cincinnati. I'm going Josh Kelly against the Chargers. Going to go the cheap guy, not Austin Eckler. Uh, Chris Godwin. Uh, against uh, the Broncos, DeAndre Hopkins against the Lions, Noah Fant versus the Buccaneers, DK Metcalf against the Cowboys, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. I'm 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 banking on some Jeff Driscoll interceptions and sacks for that defense. So I know it's kind of weird for me to go Fant and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I'm tired of trying to play the game where I'm playing this like a GPP when I only have to beat you two suckers. So um. Yeah, Fant and the Buccaneers are going up against each other. So, fingers crossed we get two Fant touchdowns and nothing else from Denver. And a bunch of turnovers. I'm probably going to lose. It doesn't matter. Mike, you're you're winning this thing. Why don't you go next? All right. So, barely, I, barely by, by, by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. Um, quarterback, Kyler Murray against that Detroit uh, defense that is, you know, not good. And then I, I'm, I'm going with, with what I said. I'm going to go with Joshua Kelly over Austin Eckler. Uh, he's going to be of my running back. Miles Sanders against Cincinnati. That's just horrid against the run. Wide receivers, Deontay Johnson. And then, again, putting my words where my mouth is, where my money is, Michael Gallup, uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, those three are the wide receivers. Darren Waller is my tight end. Going with the stack of Kenny, Kyler Murray and Kenyon Drake. Drake is my flex. Ah, okay. And defense against the lowly Jets, the Indianapolis Colts. 
How much were the Colts? Colts were 4,800. Oh, that's why. I was wondering why I wasn't jumping. The, the Bucks were 1,000 bucks cheaper. So that's why I went with uh, them over the Colts. So, all right. So, um, yeah. That does it, boys. Next time we talk, week three will be done. The fantasy football regular season will oh, be almost. Oh, he's trying to push aside the best lineup in history. <laughs> huh? It's the I, best. I'm, I'm going to be completely. I was going to listen to your lineups. That's how confident I am that I have the best. I'm going to be completely honest with you, Evan. I just forgot. My brain is fried. So why don't you go for it? That's okay. I turned it into a moment. That's what we do here. It's called entertainment, people experience it uh i'm gonna go the the eternal throwing matt ryan for seventy eight hundred dollars and then what is this uh jonathan taylor for sixty seven hundred yes please that was the that was the steal the the steal of the the list for me uh then jarek mckinnon fifty seven hundred i just give me a nice floor there uh deandre hopkins calvin ridley and adam thielen for like twenty five thousand dollars total or something i just went yeah, all that receiver that's crazy. So many, uh, so many points or so many dollars there. Yeah, and then Goddard, because why not put my fake money where my real mouth is? And then Justin Kelly, Justin Kelly, Josh, Josh Kelly. That's right. Sorry, everyone. Josh Kelly. That didn't sound right to me. Josh Kelly uh, got 25 carries or touches last week. I can't remember which one, but either way, I'll get that for 5,900 against the worst run defense in since the since the forward pass era. Um. And then also got I also can could not resist the Indianapolis Colts for forty eight hundred dollars. So that's Matt Ryan, Jonathan Taylor, McKinnon, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, Adam Thielen, Dallas Goddard, Josh Kelly, and the Colts defense of Indianapolis. Not the Pacers. The Pacers. No, no, no. All right, Mike, we know you're a huge Pacers fan. It's fine. No. Just leave it be. I'm raging. All right. You know what? Let's rage quit on this week. Thanks for listening to the Football Absurdity Podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe in your podcast app of choice. And please become a patron. You will get answers to all these questions and more on our Tuesday patrons-only episode that comes out Tuesday afternoon. Again, Tuesday patrons, footballabsurdity.com. It's only three bucks a month for the four podcasts you'll get. So thanks for listening, everybody. For Mike, for Evan, this is Jeff. You take care and have a good one. Bye. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask for it, Evan. Where is it? Bye bye. Dang it, I made it a whole episode without messing up on the beauty.